everybody, and welcome to episode 508 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Chris Parker Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Ah, can't think of a nickname. Sue Rush, Chris Antista. Oh, that just happened. <laughs> I'm referencing something they will talk about later. Oh, okay. uh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh who God. else? Uh, squarely in the Team No Kiss camp, Matthew Allen. And special guest. Oddly not here to promote anything for once, uh, Chris Baker. Yeah, well, well I... you have a game or a... Yeah, I usually. Know, ...podcast or something. You want to promote him anyway? <laughs> yeah, uh, what about Willow Talk? Yeah, Willow Talk. If you're into the Willow show and uh, either are or really aren't, from, from what I, I gather. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's, uh, it's, we do a weekly podcast called Willow Talk, and it's it's actually a really fun community for for those who are really into it. It's it's getting more popular every week, and 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 it, I don't know, we're having a good time doing it. And now the show's over, and yeah. stuff, we're going to start interviewing people. We have uh, Ooh. soon. We will have uh, the guy who played. If you saw episode six, which was very divisive, there was a troll who talked. And was very Hell smart yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy, we're going to interview him. You're going to get Flash? Get Flash on there. Uh, uh, that's the, <laughs> that'd be cool. I mean, we're we're kind of you know the the lower tier at the moment, mm. but we could work our way up. It, it does that does remind me, Baker. This is neither here nor there, but it's a light plug for thirty twenty ten. Uh, I feel like I'm saving Willow until I have like a giant game. I don't have to think that much to play, and then I can put it on on the iPad next to me. And okay. then and then on 302010, it's the debut of very small Looney Tunes fanfare. House of Cards. And like I realized House of Cards was the show I started that with. Like this is too slow and too much content to drop all at once Netflix. I can't commit myself to watching all this. So if I if I'm building a shelf or playing Monster Hunter, I can enjoy this series as binge-wise. That's what I'm waiting for, Willow. Oh. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: I thought Willow was much better than Rings of Power on really? Amazon. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's well, okay. it's. It, I kind of go back and forth on it because it's it's almost too precocious for its own good. Like, is this a comedy or is this yeah. a fantasy adventure? I feel like it never, like it always kind of leans on the comedy and yet expects me to take what's happening seriously. Yeah, it, it's a it's a totally different tone than the movie was. And, mm-hmm. you know, not to get too far into it, but I, 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 I like to say that it's kind of like, uh, in some ways, what Gremlins 2 was to Gremlins 1. Oh, boy. It's, mm. it's uh, very self-aware. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very self-aware, but it's not what you expected it to be going in. But if you are open to liking what this thing is, then you will probably like it. Does that mean there's a a sexy girl willow? (laughs) And a vegetable willow? (laughs) No no vegetable willow, no electricity willow, no spider willow. Okay, well, you you remember how they talked about willow in Life's Too Short, Chris? Uh, Imagine... A, a sequel series to Willow being made with roughly that attitude. Oh, of um, look, why are we doing this exactly? Uh, because the last time Baker was on, it was to talk about. No, I mean that's something. the attitude. Why are we doing oh. this exactly? Oh, oh God, sorry. I thought you were getting existential about doing a show in the first place, which I tend to do all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why am I? It's so hard. Why am I even doing this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Willow. Willow's really cool. Where can people find Willow Talk again? 
just look it up on your podcast of choice if you want a, a bitly slash a willow podcast all lowercase we'll get you to you gotta you gotta get it on rumble video or like band video or one of those weird right wing places that, yeah. <laughs> i don't even know what that is i don't think i want Hell to know yeah. what that is available only at bed bath and beyond locations <laughs> <laughs> always 15 percent off uh-huh. you gotta have that coupon uh-huh. yeah yeah. yeah. Yes. Or 20%. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, that coupon that's the, 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 the size of a fucking subpoena. Mm-hmm. Not bringing that in. I'm going to shop on Amazon and save just as much money. Hi, Michael. Hi. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a fun week. We get to talk about Forspoken. That's out, finally. The future is Forspoken. The big Unreal 5 demo game, I think, was like one of the first things that was being shown off. as like, look how fast this can move really detailed shit. We are going to be talking about Fire Emblem and Gage, a bunch of other stuff. Engage. But first, the reason that you're on this week, Chris, and, and not necessarily promoting anything, is because you had what I thought was a banger of an idea for a top five. And I really wanted to do it with you present. Uh, <laughs> Megan, explain happy it. Happy to be here. Yeah. Do, do you, do you want to introduce it? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know, if you guys remember last time I was here, uh, we did a, a movie games-based one of, uh, like, games that strayed away from their source material. Mm-hmm. But I, also, at the same time, I, I think... In that same conversation, I was like, uh, you know, there's a lot of weird, like, movie games that that you can't believe that the movie was big enough or people cared enough for there to be a game attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's what this top five is all about. It's, it's either this was a tremendous bomb. Why did they think yeah. there would be enough interest to, to float a game? Or, like, why why make a game tie-in at all? This is such a bizarre thing to adapt. Well, I, I, I think if it, the older you get, game-wise, a video game was just another form of merchandise for a lot of yeah, these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, do, I know we're, we, we're, we tell ourselves stories of, like, man, licensed games used to be this shit. And, like, they no, they weren't. LJN... <laughs> Period. And, 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 but a couple games rose above, but even then, like, they kind of didn't give those to the A teams. They just, they found a way to license those out. So as long as it was economical, yeah, if we're going to have beach towels and action figures. We better have a game. It's 1989 after all. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have Spaceballs the video game, which never materialized as far yes. as I know in real life. But yeah, we've got some weird shit to talk about. And, the the strange thing is like I found so many researching this that did not in the end make it in like uh, a sound of thunder who even what remembers that the movie fuck? who even I, knows I, what that movie is I love the story I read the story the Ray Bradbury story but I and I remember the movie coming out like because I was like ahead of I was reading all about movies all day and then I, I a sound of thunder it's out tomorrow what the fuck yeah. what is this <laughs> what is this very good yes i had the the ps2 version that i guess was canceled uh a demo wow. back in my playstation magazine days uh is it bam i want to see bam was the that sounds about right yeah yeah it's bam margera and uh yeah they, they showed us uh the the i don't even remember anything about it other than i thought the premise was cool it was like uh like, what if you go back in time and you kill a mosquito or something? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like the, dinosaur the era. butterfly effect and the dinosaurs yeah. never became extinct. And then the dinosaur age gradually overwrites the present. The Simpsons oh. kind of made the story yeah. more famous than the, <laughs> the book itself. Yeah. And the actual you go switch now. Uh, that or, is or as star Ed Burns would have put it, oh, what if we uh, go back in time and uh, we oh, kill a mosquito? Yeah. I don't know. You know what's, Pop, what's Pops doing? What's Pops yeah. up to? 
I'm stealing Bill Hader's impression of uh, Ed Burns, but I, I like it a lot. It's a Ed Burns. What's uh, wrong? Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll marry Cameron Diaz in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Am I right or am I make him? I can do whatever I want. It's weird that way. Am I right? New York. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, well, let's let's just jump right into the list beginning with... Number five. Paladin Zero, Griffin 701. Uh, there's a little hint at the end of that, Griffin 701. Uh, I, I think I know this because I think the, the subtitle is Griffin's Tale yes, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Jumper. Jumper, Griffin's Story. I wish you story. would step back from that. Oh, sorry. Which one are we talking <laughs> wow. about? Wow. So I've, I've got, just in case you guys couldn't guess from the, the sound clips, and you know I shared all these titles with you beforehand, uh, I did have excerpts from the trailers queued up, so uh, may as well listen to this now. What I'd like to know is how you rob a bank without opening any doors. think you could go on like this forever living like this with no consequences there are always consequences you think you're the only one what into the wall and that at the end is griffin the secondary protagonist who who brings hayden christensen's character into the the secret world of jumpers versus paladins that it it imagines that some people are born with the ability to teleport and there's a secret society called the paladins that is dedicated to wiping them out because they might rob banks and have lunch on top of the sphinx's head you guys make everything confusing we gotta wipe you out yeah (laughs) so are they martians uh, Jumper Man. Griffin story. <laughs> this oh, I, I could uh, never mind. You take it, Michael. I have so uh, much to say about. Yeah. This. So so this game <laughs> imagines events from Griffin's point of view that run parallel to the events of the movie, and so all of these events that are just mentioned in passing in the movie become levels in the game where you, as Griffin, have to do a bunch of stuff, whatever, find the device that. It lets the paladins follow the jumpers through their jumper rifts. Uh, this was such an obvious attempt to start a franchise, uh, and it, it just kind of fell flat. But this um, was kind of a... It was based on a book, so I think there was uh, a kind of an outline for more books, and that's yeah, it was sort yeah, of sold as... Sense. I don't know if there were more books, but it was based on, like, this has franchise potential. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be clear, this is not Hayden Christensen's character, right? No, it's, a, it's 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 Jamie Bell. It's the yes. it's the the shy little boy in King Kong and maybe other things who, that I can't who played Tintin and Steven yeah. Spielberg's Tintin. So movie. you got a movie with two Jedi in it, and you go with <laughs> this. Yeah, I I have an explanation right. for this because he's cheaper. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when Michael wants me to take this because, like Shane, if you remember my you're listening to our podcast for a while, my buddy Shane and I were movie lovers. We thought this movie looked dope as shit. And there's a game coming out, and we learn about this publisher called Brash. Bra- Brash Entertainment? Mm-hmm. And they're... Yes. They, like, what year was this? Like, 08? Oh, yeah, 07? well, this this came out in 2008, so... So, so Brash's goal 
which was a strange goal for a publisher, was to, like, look, not every movie is going to merit a triple-A game. But this, this is not something they said out loud, but this is how they pitch things. Like, mm-hmm. we want to make games based on movies as economical as they used to be. So things that aren't Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and Marvel still get games. And at the time, that was still happening all the time. We were still getting Marvel games. Uh, but this is a smaller movie. So how do not only how do we get this on time, how do we devote the resources to it? And how do we get it out in time for the movie? That was something they claimed they would specialize in. This this game's not going to drop seven months after this movie bombs at the box office. If you have a merchandising campaign, hooray, we're here to make games a part of it. Surprise, they don't exist anymore. And, and part of that, like, it's not, I'm not laughing at them because they started small. I remember we took this big appointment. They're pushing, like, Wanted, Jumper, and Space Chimps. Big, big space chimps push. Wow. No one, Andy Samberg. That would be another one for like, wow, that got a game. I barely remember that as a movie. It's it's only weird because at the time, like, dude, those DreamWorks games were coming out real hot and heavy. So I don't. How expensive was it to make like Shrek Carts 3, DreamWorks Carts 3 or something like that? But that's what Brash was there to do. And they were like. When they announced themselves, and we have partnerships with all these people, and they did something I will never, ever, ever forget. All we do is make games based on movies, and we're so confident. What we're going to do is we're going to announce a game for a movie that hasn't been announced. And to this day, I don't know what that was, but we're led to believe it was Hercules. (laughs) The Hercules (laughs) movie. Two Hercules movies would come out Almost a decade later, one with The Rock, one without. They both did terribly. But that, again, brash. What a fucking brazen thing to do to announce a... Sh- and it, it looked like this God of War clone, old, mm-hmm. like set in, in Greece, blah, blah, blah. But, but Jumper, I thought, was interesting because... And again, they didn't express this outright, but like the idea of like, well, you're not going to get Hayden Christensen, but there's other material to mine from this, and you can get Jamie Bell. So so you can get a major part. So that this movie does well, there will be this huge piece of lore, potentially, uh, that people are dying to know about. And the Jumper movie, I thought it looked cool. I thought it wasn't even that bad. It did really well. It it, it did okay. Like, it it costs like 80, according to Wikipedia, uh, where all these numbers I'm going to cite come from, it cost $85 million to make. Grossed two hundred and twenty-five point one million, so it made its money back and then. Some. It's it from was not a flaw. David Goyer, the writer of The Dark Knight, wow. and Doug Lyman, director of a uh, Mister and Mrs. Smith. So, like, it's it is not a terrible movie. It is just like I think it left a bad taste in people's mouth because a it was very clearly trying to start a franchise off of, and so the movie doesn't do as much as it could because it's like holding back for another movie. And mm. Baker, I don't know if you can agree. Where were where was the zeitgeist on Hayden Christensen? I, it, like I think, oh, it was pretty negative. Yeah, at the I time. think, it, and mm, he's yeah. the star, yeah. and I think he's great. I, I really do. I've seen him do. Yeah, I, I like. I him think he's amazing. In general, but, but yeah, he he had bad direction in the the. Yeah, the mm, the internet dork maybe. community fucking hates yeah. this guy. Hates this yeah. guy. No Sam Jackson can save it. so this game actually kind of reminds me of enter the matrix in in its approach actually uh yeah it's probably not as ambitious or as uh as uh you know enter the matrix was pretty ambitious it It didn't turn out as great as it could but it 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 sold amazingly 
Yeah, it did. It mm-hmm. won the well, it won like best movie adaptation against Kotor at the Spike TV Game Awards. I remember. Wow. Oh, yes. Like, like every every what? other movie game in that category was better than that it. Knights of the Old Republic <laughs> movie that everyone hated. So it, much. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, fair enough. But um, but yeah, like I always like the idea of Enter the Matrix, where it, it's a game that is absolutely planned with, which is why I don't think you know. There's just a bit of a tangent here like there's a lot of uh, backlash against uh, a recent announcement i think james gunn made about the dc universe having games that will fit within mm-hmm. it like if you're planning for that yeah, yeah. and if the games Holy. are good that's actually good the people are just like assuming it's going to be like mm-hmm. all the failures of things that have happened in the past but it doesn't have to be a failure if if you know i've got a whole i know it's i baker that, but, i still think it's a silly yeah. thing to promise because like those Arkham games are amazing because it's like all of Batman, not just what you introduced in this one movie, not sure, not just who you were able to cast a, a new Netflix star as. Uh, you're going to be able to uh, finally see Metallo, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but but yeah, that, uh, what's what's I, I remember this this hit to coincide, and because and I know Baker worked on some Spider-Man games that were meant to coincide with movies. That's really really hard, especially with. Plot details. More than that, I also did. A, I was part of this the Sega games yeah. uh, for MCU and the uh, Wolverine game. Plot details also. that not only are like under wraps, easy, but that you're easy Baker. <laughs> plot details that are not, not only under wraps, but like you know, in the Marvel universe, seem to change pretty drastically, and and games take a long time to make. And I think the real, well, I th- yeah, I, th- I think this game is emblematic of Brash's problem. Yeah, totally. <laughs> as a publisher, right? And by the way, I have. I, I know, at least I knew the CEO, I think, of the company through, like, the two of the three heads of the company came from Massive, which was this company that all they did was in-game advertising. Like, remember those dynamic in-game ads, like Burger oh, yeah, King yeah. ads and fucking Hero. Burnout and stuff? Like, that's what they did. They were, like, former movie guys. One of the guys, like, worked at Vivendi Universal. And so, like, I remember taking meetings with these guys, and some of my friends went to work for them. And so the rep they got, like, it was so, it was such a weird strategy. It was like, well, we're just going to do movie titles, which as you guys know, is, is like, that's one of the riskiest things you can do because typically you don't have assets until late in the game. And so what ended up happening was very much what happened on this title, which is like, you end up with games that are kind of rushed and they got a rep really quickly for having super low quality games, like, like in the threes and fours average review scores because of this. So, and it eventually cost them like they could not, they could not get additional yep. publishing deals, and eventually they just ran out of money because like none of the games were huge hits. I think their biggest seller moved a few hundred thousand copies. Well, none was- of the movies were merchandise movers. If 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 you're thinking of games as merchandise, like there weren't. I mean, Alvin and the Chipmunk a little, and that was the one that sold the most copies. But even then, it was under a million copies. I remember was- Wanted the movie Wanted is great, but like. There was no wanted merchandise. Yeah, there, there was wasn't no that wanted Universal. I thought that was. Yeah, I don't uh, think that was wanted. Fresh. Wanted wasn't them. Yeah, the, oh, they, they did. Um, they did Clash of the Titans. Oh, great! That got picked up by someone else. Sucks. I'm shocked you weren't invited to the Tale of Despero preview event, Chris. Uh, yes. I mean, that's just right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, man? In hindsight, <laughs> I am pissed. I should have never gone to an open bar, lavish event on the bay. For no reason on a Thursday afternoon. Jesus Christ. I, I think the biggest public failure of Brash, though, was that they had announced multiple Saw games. 
And it was mm. sort of as the Saw franchise was burning out already. So it's like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. And like that game and then that prison, uh, they did a prison break game that they announced. And then Clash of the Titans all got base- eventually sold to other publishers who had to yeah. put them Co- out. Konami like, picked up Saw and then did a Saw sequel. Like, So I guess the game did okay. Dude, there was yeah. some bizarre market research, I imagine... It was like this Wii game's gonna kill, man. Like just the idea of using a saw with the Wii remote. Like I remember them playing that up, hmm. but uh, <laughs> it, it was doomed to fail. But I was fascinated by it because, yeah, I wanted. I don't need the greatest movie game, but like, holy shit, a decent movie game, or 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 st- the idea that they, they were sort of pushing like studios working in conjunction with studios, so we don't get shit like we did with Baker's last top five that are like totally deviate from the source material you get this like <laughs> yeah. extended e- experience yeah. i think that i think they, they coined that term you get an extended experience from a movie that you love yeah and this Ooh. one this one is all canon the uh the cutscenes. i'm i'm sure they were probably touted as graphic novel style cutscenes because it's that sort of animatic comic book style doesn't really move but does have extensive vo from jamie bell just how have you stayed alive casanova guardian angel Dumb luck? All I know is that the paladins want you bad, which means if I stay glued to you, sooner or later the bastards will show. Yeah, smooth operator, mate. No aphrodisiac like musty stone ruins where they fed people to lions. <laughs> what a player. It's about bloody time. Maybe I'll just thin them out a bit so you and I can have a nice uninterrupted chat. Talking about Hayden Christensen's character, um, David, I think his name is. Yeah. You can do second and third takes. You know, yeah. it's a thing that, that exists. You can do this. No, it has to come out when the movie comes out. There's so, no do-over. So this was actually two different games by two different developers. The Xbox 360 one had kind of a neat mechanic where I think you could teleport like behind someone, depending on like what button you use to attack them or to the side of them. Like direction mattered. But it, it was a brawler that basically looked like it uh, a first generation Xbox 360 game. Remember, like the some of the early ones looked like bad looking Xbox original games, mm. and uh, yeah, it visually was not very competent in 2008. The PS2 and Wii version, on the other hand, uh, was cell shaded, so it holds up a little bit better. But the the combat was very basic. I, th- I think it was probably designed with the Wii remote in mind, where like you can just kind of hammer the attack button and You'll keep just doing combos endlessly. You could also do cool things in the PS2 Wii version that actually brought the jumper powers into account. Like you could hijack a police car and uh, then use it, just just teleport it into midair and ram it into an attack helicopter. Hooray! Uh, but here's here's my playing the pre because I only previewed it and I, there's mm-hmm. an old episode of our podcast we're recording and I just threw in an old jump drive I'm like wow I have my original jumper preview on here and Brett's like read it and it is so effusive and like excited for the potential of jumper yep yep <laughs> because it, <laughs> it really was before the movie came out and like well came out but it's like the idea is like teleportation I believe like. What's the, you? You can't really teleport to some place you haven't been, or something like that. Or like there, there are limitations to it. However, we were all we were already doing podcasts and joking about something I just called the spirit barrier. 
which was kind of an old game mechanic of like, you're in a fight, you can't go past this invisible glowing wall. I'm like, mm-hmm. this thing is about teleportation, and you're putting me in a cup in, a, in the middle of a poorly designed level. <laughs> I remember this. So like, put a, make the wall. Yeah. Just make the wall, and they didn't. Like, all all it's about is teleportation, and you were stuck yeah. in these tiny confines constantly. You, you can teleport through certain walls, but I think it's only like cracked walls, so you can see to the other side. Yeah, yeah. And uh, th- so this this was not well reviewed at all. Uh, it's sitting at for the Xbox 360 version that has a 29 on Metacritic. The Wii has a 28. Uh, PS2 did not get enough. Reviews to have a meta score, but uh, the highest from IGN is a 37. Hey. So think think back to when you guys, Chris and Matt, when you were reviewing games, like how bad did the game have to be for you to give it, say, under a four? That's the gaming equivalent of writing your name on the SAT test, basically. Yeah. <laughs> It, it almost never happened. Yeah, it's punitive at that point. Like, you had to one really game hate a two, a game. I gave one game a one, and I think two games a three. Yeah. It almost never happened. If but, it, it, again, if a game gets released, it's usually a six. Yeah, and and uh, I think that the defining quote from this came from Andrew Reiner of Game Informer, who says, To all the truck drivers out there who are transporting copies of Jumper, Griffin's Story to retail, redirect your shipments to Alamogordo, New Mexico. You'll know you're in the right location when you see thousands of ET cartridges moving out of the way to make room for your shipment. Jumper fails on all fronts. Animation, sound, level design, control, combat, storytelling, balancing, item management, all of it. It can also be completed in approximately two hours. Wow. Initially, I had this list. Oh, I think it's another one that it just like keeps throwing all these 50-point achievements at you on 360. So it's, oh, hell yeah. it's a good one to farm for those. Uh, it can, yeah. Initially, I had this listed as another one of its problems. But if you make the mistake of playing this game as I have, I think you'll agree its short length is its most praiseworthy aspect. So that's I, I, I wouldn't savage. say that's too harsh, but like... You know, it it fits, but I was like, I was still, as a movie fan, I was excited for what Brash was promising, but, you know, mm-hmm. obviously in hindsight, it what, like, th- in this era, uh, I think maybe Baker, Activision was the only one, like, in this game at all. Like, they would make Transformers, big Transformers and Spider-Man games, and would mm-hmm. occasionally dabble up to, like, Ghostbusters in the Men in Black movie. Men in Black 3 or International, they would release a movie tie-in game that they would not promote at all. Just... Yeah, I, I, well, I think we were yeah just shy of that. We're we're right at the end of the movie. Every movie gets a game kind of era at yeah. this point. I think uh, once Sega got out of the Marvel business, I didn't see anybody yeah. really do it anymore. I remember I, there's a there was a YouTube video I did a thing on, and there were four movie based games released in 2014, and like one of those you know one of those Activision. Sometimes the Spider-Man game was like friend or foe. It wasn't based on the movie or a, right. a, a Transformers mm-hmm. game that it's coming out to coincide with the movie. It has nothing to do with the movie. But yeah, it was it was over. So like this is a in hindsight a terrible idea, but it was one something I wanted to see succeed for the reasons that I'm bitching about yeah. and everyone's bored by. It was noble. I'm sure a lot of people also wanted to see this succeed. Number four. This is 
uh, Toe Jam and Earl's Malcolm X. Uh, you're closer than you think. <laughs> and sadly, not oh, far enough. Kids? This, this is Baby's Kids. We don't die, we multiply. Yeah, How could well, this fail? Or as the trailer says. Fun World! Please familiarize and observe the rules while in Fun World. No running. No jumping. No yelling. That means you enjoy your stay. We don't die, we multiply! I don't know why that's the catchphrase of Baby's Kids other than comedian Robin Harris kept repeating it when he was relaying the story of Baby's Kids. Oh man, what a crazy story. So this is this is a movie made for a budget of under ten million dollars, grossed around eight point four million dollars. Uh, and it was based on a comedy bit that was done by Robin Harris. And, and he's, de- uh, he's dead. I think it was before it was coming out. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, but he was like a huge comedian that like died really early. Yeah. I think it must have been er- he died earlier because the- he didn't voice his character in the movie. No. It was Faison no, Love, yeah, right? Yeah, no, but, but it was, it's animation, I mean, so it was like in development, but he... he- yeah, he died like somewhere in his early forties because he's in House Party. He's the the dad, yeah, in House Party. Oh, yeah. But the the story is about one. You know, he 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 takes this 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 woman he's interested in and her son to Disneyland, and uh, these three other kids tag along and like, who are these kids? Like, oh, they're babies, kids. And you know, she's she's watching these kids for her friend who who isn't there. So he ends up having to pay like two hundred dollars plus for admission. But uh, I like this bit from his act. I walk in, man, and they just tan up shit. <laughs> Fuck Donald Duck up. <laughs> just whoop Donald's ass. Cut his feet off and shit. I knew they're gonna cut his feet off because I heard what I'm saying. Cut him low, cut him low. <laughs> Cut Donald Duck's feet off, put them in, put them in the back pocket. Tell we use these when we go swimming. I stand. All oh, they going small wives. We baby kids. We don't die. We. I said, God damn. So, so Baby's Kids is, about, is it's the movie version of this. They go to the generic fun world, which is staffed by uh, Secret Service-looking security goons, mm-hmm. and they end up fighting presidential robots and yes. get put on trial by the Terminator and prosecuted by Robot Nixon and defended by Robot Lincoln. It's an, it is that episode of Venture Brothers. It is an amazingly <laughs> surreal movie. I'm not sure on purpose. But it's, yeah. it's it's wonderful. It's insane. Not like, everything the whole works. Story, <laughs> uh, the whole story of yeah, how this evolved from like this. It's a funny bit, and it was one of his signature bits of like yeah, going to Disneyland, and it's you know he has a bad time obviously, but like yeah, to the movie of being like yeah, it's this fantastical world where there's presidential robots, and then it's like oh, let's make a video game out of this. Like I mean, but it was yeah. what you're making a video game out of a comedy bit, basically out, out of a movie, like, animated movie. A comedy bit. Every yeah. animated movie at this point had to have a game. And so this this was a belt scrolling brawler. You play as uh, either Khalil or Lashawn. You can you can choose which one to be, and you 
will play it and beat up on some mascots and some security guards, and then you will run out of time, and you will fail, and you will not understand why. And it's because <laughs> there is a special move they don't tell you how to do, where you hit L and R at the same time, and you do like uppercuts that will finish things a lot faster, and then you move on to level two, and it's incomprehensible for completely different reasons. It's not a very good game. I don't think any of the games on this list are very good. Even for Super Nintendo standards, it's pretty shitty. Yeah, and I played a lot of the Rocky and Bullwinkle games. It's pretty stiff. Um, it was developed by Radical Entertainment, which uh, went on to do some pretty great things. They did, you know, Prototype and Scarface, and Matt worked with them on those games. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, even then, like it, it clearly didn't get enough time because it was. I yeah. think its release date. They missed the movie's release date. This was, uh, yeah, I, I think by a while. I, yeah, no, yeah, no, back no, then it th- actually wasn't very common for movie games to come out with the right. movie. It was usually yeah. six to And it was supposed to be a, a bona fide classic. And the, if I, I, I think I've told this story too many times on the show, but I was obsessed with this movie. Wanted to see it real bad. I, I think it's like the first animated film, not by Ralph Bakshi, with like a primarily African-American cast. That had literally never happened before. I remember I was at summer camp, and all I wanted to do was see movies. And I, my friend, oh, it's actually, you know, it's old shit Steve. Uh, we're like, how do we go see Mom and Dad Save the World? I'm like, well, what if we just sneak out of summer camp? And it was just like a free camp at a local park. I, I, I would go for, like, walks there now after eating brunch by myself. And, like, holy shit, the camp counselors are 13 years old watching eight-year-olds like this is a madness waiting to happen saying that to my friends with kids on the show right now uh and, and like wh- wh- why don't we just sneak down walk 30 minutes to the movie watch a 90 minute movie and walk 30 minutes back and we go and see mom and dad save the world the john lovitz jeffrey jones terry gar classic and <laughs> and we walk back in and nobody noticed we were gone we missed lunch we missed arts and crafts nobody noticed so the next day like, fuck this. We're going to go see Bebe's kids because my mom and dad said it. I couldn't see it for some reason. And leave camp, go see Bebe's kids. We're just laughing our asses off. Can't afford popcorn. Walk back into summer camp. And it was just like, now we're celebrities because everybody noticed that two 10 <laughs> year olds have. And we took, we, we convinced two other people to go. Four 10 year olds have disappeared from summer camp into the city to Ruh-roh. go watch, to go watch <laughs> Bebe's kids. So I was, I w- like, we were brought into an office I'd never seen because we were mostly outdoors all day, yelled at. I was grounded. I sacrificed so fucking much for baby's kids <laughs> baby so it has a special memory because i made like a genuine commitment to see it walking an hour to see it skipping camp being reprimanded and being grounded just to see baby's kid always wow. will hold a special place in my heart as a result this was also uh made by a couple companies that i think only made this and one other game called rap jam volume one. Oh shit those That's companies were game. Motown Games, which was apparently a a short-lived spin-off from Motown Records, and Mandingo Entertainment. What? Which was I, I all I could find was like their their tax dissolution okay, info. Thank God. So they did <laughs> they did name themselves. That yeah, they named themselves that. Oh my god. Um yeah, they did again, they published this, they published Rap Jam Volume One, and I think they went out of business in like nineteen ninety six. 
having not published anything else. Wow. So, um, Michael, I think someday you should do a top five on on the volume ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, uh, games part that one, never had a volume yeah, the, two. The, the, <laughs> I, I did a top seven about that for Games Radar. I remember. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, I think there was one that was like a budget game about a wizard riding a unicorn, and it was like volume yeah, one. Prism. Like, yeah, oh, Prism. I know exactly. Yeah, thank you. From TDK. Yeah. Wow. You, and it's, the, the tape people? Yeah. TDK? Yeah, it's, like, its whole Aquaman. marketing thing was about turning renters into buyers with a $20 price point. I'm like, this is not special, guys. Come on. Yeah. All all I know is you just reminded me to watch History of the World, uh, yeah. the the follow up. Ah, uh, yes. Know, if it's anything like modern streaming entertainment capitalizing on something old, you'll get tired in two episodes. Yeah, could I, be. I do recommend if you want to know more about Baby Skids and how it was made. It really was a labor of love. They had to do a, a lot of uh, guerrilla shit and uh, to 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 get it made. There is an oral history of it at BET.com that uh, that y'all should look up. And if, you know, it go, goes into more about how it was made. But uh, yeah. I, I think the movie is remembered. I mean, it's a weird movie. It's remembered fondly yeah. enough, like unlike the game. Like, it's, mm. it's yeah, no, no, it was it was good. It's probably one of the better movies on this list. I'm not going to say it was great, but, no, you it, know. It, it, it wasn't great, but it was fucking different. It was like a yeah. PG-13 not really. It's totally safe to show your kids, but there's like, we rewatched it for 30, 2010 a year or so ago. And just like, man, a black centric cartoon was so far, like not on Nickelodeon or anything like it was so far out there. There, the way they talk about the police in a PG way mm-hmm. is like something you didn't see in like most movies, let alone animated movies from Paramount pictures. And I don't know, yes. nothing similar came out for fucking years. Maybe never since. Would the boondocks have existed without baby? I don't know. Kids? I don't know. That is but a like, genuinely good question. And, and like, and, and if you were an HBO kid, like, uh, this was one of those movies they could play over and over again for cheap, all day, every day, because it wasn't quite R, it wasn't quite G, so it could run in the afternoons all the time. So, like, I, I, I've seen this so many times. Going back to look at it now is it feels like a dream I had. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and again, I am also not a black kid who has never seen myself an animated form that has to be fucking crazy so like uh it's it's also to me tied up with like this unrealized potential of robin harris's yeah, career exactly. like he, he did die right as his star was taking off mm-hmm. like he he was potentially was going to be huge so like just you know like as a fan of early 90s black cinema like movies like house party and stuff like that like robin harris yeah. was the shit like he was, he's the funniest part of that awful Eddie Murphy gangster movie, Harlem yeah. Nights, dude. Like he is, <laughs> he's awesome and, and do he's the right like this thing. Background character, and yeah. yeah, he's played by Faison Love because like he was dead by the time this was yeah. in in later stages, latter stages of production. Yeah. Fucking tragic, man. Thirty six. Yeah. He died at thirty six. Wow, like, so right. much older than Robin Harris ever was. Wow. And he looked so much older than 36, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, one one thing I, I will say in this game's favor is that uh, it actually did work in some voice samples, which are used fairly sparingly and pop up mostly in the theme song. That's about it. Really. <laughs> it sounds pretty good. I'm sure it didn't yeah. sound like that through our TVs at the time. Probably oh, a little bit like, more. Artifact. I don't even need, need a Genesis impressed. for Toji Mineral. I got Bebe's kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's move along to something by a different Robin. Number three. Oh, God. 
the unplayable game based on an unwatchable movie. What is it? Oh, <laughs> I mean, gotta... don't don't let that off-brand Batman music fool you. It is not <laughs> yeah, a okay. toys game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, toys, which is a profoundly anti-video game movie. Holy if shit, it, that and you're this is the video game version of it where you as Leslie Zevo, Robin Williams's character, work alongside uh, Patrick Zevo, LL Cool J's character, to use good toys to destroy war toys and disable security cameras. That's most of what you're doing. Um, I'll let I'll let the movie speak for itself a little bit. I'm Leslie Zevo. I know. <laughs> As Robin Williams. I'm in the mood for smoked chicken. How about you? We have a tradition of whimsy here at Zevo Toys. I don't understand why Daddy let Uncle Leland take over Zevo Toys. And Academy Award-winning director Barry Levinson. I'm noodling with the idea of putting in some war toys. You never made war toys at Zevo. Take you to a place <laughs> where laughter is a state of mind. Kind of expect like Steen to come in singing. There's a, there's a certain amount of like you know oh this is like prestigious and whimsy and it's about kids rediscovering their imagination. Except not really. It's when sort of a very confusing movie. Of gold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, this, we we just talked about this on thirty twenty ten. It might be one of the biggest follies I've ever seen from a big studio. Like it's so, it looks so amazing in like trailer form. I think it's most famous for its marketing material, which is just Robin Williams standing in a large grass field, mm-hmm. immortalized by the Simpsons when Mr. Byrne is l- looking for an heir. It, you still see reference to the toys, the toys marketing campaign, but it is such an unpalatable movie, like uh, a unfunny, truly unfunny satire with incredible sets and incredible yeah. cinematography, incredible cast. Yeah, an incredible cast. Joan Cusack eventually revealed to be a robot. There, I'm, yeah. I'm ruining it for M- you. Michael Gambon, the, the villain who wants to use video games to brainwash kids to become killers. Dumbledore is the villain? Yes. True. Welcome to the layer cakes. Yes. I, it's it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> fucking... <laughs> what? <laughs> I, love the, I love the layer cake reference. Oh, so, yeah. yes. Toys, but but it's, it's, the movie and... has a, a profound anti-video game message. Yeah, like they're they're yeah. playing. I remember like people wrote into EGM like, "When's that game from Toys coming out?" I'm like that game was made to demonize. That game in the movie was made to demonize video games. Yeah, uh, video games never really enter into the video game. Unsurprisingly, uh, you you basically as Leslie Zevo or like just a really kind of ugly stand-in for Robin Williams march around picking up toys and deploying them as weapons. And the idea is that like in each level has like multiple sectors that are defending a security camera and you need to destroy the defenders. And then you can uh, hack the security camera, which is basically one of those uh, carnival things where you, you spray water into a mouth or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know what, what is it that this, about this static that just makes it immediately read to our brains as like, yes, that is clearly water. So, yes, you are spraying water at the eyes of the elephant to make them close. Once they close, it's quote unquote mouth opens and you spray in there long enough and eventually the camera shuts down. And you do this like across three big levels 
And then there's like a, a bit where a side scroller level where you're dangling from a plane as it flies through a model of Manhattan. And then that's the end. If their goal was to strike z- games from the culture, yeah. this game does a great <laughs> job. And like, if you want to be a badass YouTuber whose channel I will subscribe to, please find Barry Levinson and let me know if it was his notes that made this game even worse. Because like, <laughs> th- there is a real like anti-game slant in this movie. Like, like these are forms of violence, and that's not something mm-hmm. this toy company. Michael Gambon is. Robin Williams' brother. There's like 80 years of difference between his, them. his uncle. His, his uncle, uncle. His uncle. Yes. LL Cool J is Robin Williams' cousin. Which again, there's a lot of age difference there. It's it's <laughs> so it's one of the weirdest. I've watched it so many times, thinking like this time it'll click with me, and it never ever does. It's such a strange film. It's it's yeah. one of the one of the, like the biggest. And remember, this is this is why Robin Williams didn't work with Disney. Because this was the film he was putting out up against Aladdin. Like, don't use my image to promote Aladdin. Yeah. I want me and Barry have been working on toys for a long time. We want this movie to succeed, and it did not. Whereas Aladdin it very did. did not. Very so did it, not. It, it cost about fifty million to make, grossed twenty three point three million. Dude, it is. It is fucking. It is. It is insane. Every single frame yeah. of it, I feel like I dreamed. It looks very expensive. It is goddamn near unwatchable. There are scenes which are really fun out of context. But if you try to watch it as a complete work, it's like, what the fuck is happening? Robin Williams is in a music video for a second. If you could find me the full version of that, I will blow you. I I would love (laughs) to see the full music video. How does it feel? What is real? Uh, I've seen this movie a lot. And this game is... All is right. so much worse <laughs> than like most movie based <laughs> really games. Is. Yeah, it's so bad, but like what was it supposed to be? And if 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 Barry Levinson was writing the movie from his heart, I have to imagine he's like, I don't want any guns. There's a peanut gun mm-hmm. in the game. <laughs> yeah. That comes out of an elephant. It's, it sucks. All the weapons suck. Yeah, like they're, they're hard to aim. I, I have to uh, imagine the best one is probably a bowling. There ball. was a mandate like no, there can't be any real violence in here. And it's never against people. It's only against mm-hmm. things. Toys, toys, to and, and yeah, I yeah. have to imagine that was a mandate. But like, it's one of the I haven't people like Michael Baker, me, Matt haven't interviewed Barry Levinson enough to get this information out. I I bet he nope. he has something to do with this being shitty. We need to interview him more. Yes, clearly, it's such a shame because like Robin Williams is a known such a known gamer, right? That, Named that his daughter make sense. Zelda, yeah. and he's mostly in bad games. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the hook arcade. Game. I was kind of. Right. I mean, before we we were recording, I was kind of. We were talking. I was like, you know, this this is very emblematic, though, of like Robin Williams' career. Like, there are definitely tons of highs, right? But every once in a while, he would make some questionable choices, and it's just like, yeah, his career at one point it started to get a little all over the place, like to the point of like there is a Robin Williams Christmas movie. That he recorded, I think, right before his death that I dog? did not know existed and was being promoted all over Amazon Fire TVs this past season. Oh, was with, it uh, Was it called Absolutely Anything? With Joel McHale. Yeah, he's the no, dog, it's, it's, I think. He's the voice of the dog. Yeah, and, and I, I, my, I saw that at the top of his IMDb list, which was, I think, it released a few years after he died. And my first thought was just like, what, did he just tell his agent, I'll be in Absolutely Anything? <laughs> And the agent just put him in this, literally? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah. And I think he's... Only, they clearly, I do believe likeness rights were still in effect here. So it's clearly, 
other than the cover, he's not going to be in this game at all. No, he's but very he, much not. In he game. is in. I think he voices something in the robots game based on the robots movie. He does. And yeah, the yeah. Uh, Disney math Aladdin game. It's fucking hilarious because you see like him riffing in this awful educational game. Oh, wow. But, that, you know, his, Leslie Zevo would have approved. So it's like, yes, this is what video games should be. Educational for children. Whimsy. Right. Uh, a fucking top is educational. A goddamn train yeah. is educational. No, it's not. Unless, unless the, yeah. no. Speaking of whimsical things that all kids love. Number two. This game was made in 1991, published by Ocean Software, and uh, here's the trailer of the movie it's based on. Oh, hey, what's up? Girl, can I ask you a question? How do I look? Like a fraternity thing? <laughs> I just got out of jail yesterday. I didn't want to steal anything. I didn't want to go to Europe. All I wanted was a cappuccino. So Bruce Willis sounding very much younger than he was in in which movie? Hudson, Hudson Hawk. Hawk. Yeah, yeah. The trailer's him uh, in a in a stretcher being it falls out of an ambulance on an, on a bridge and he's pulled behind it for a little while. But yeah, this is a movie about a uh, thief who gets has to go and steal something from the Vatican. I never actually watched it. I keep hearing it was not very good. It's not terrible. It's actually like kind of ahead of its time and but that's the movie sort of knows that so like we're just gonna do funny things instead of mm. things that move the plot along right uh it, it's from the 48 hours team so they think they have banter down right, yeah Bruce steven d'souza went on to write street fighter the movie yeah yes <laughs> and, and I, I give this movie some credit because like it's the only time i saw a movie star slash adult speak positively about nintendo in the like, like 1990 is it 91 91, 90, yes. 91. Yeah, yes. he like he, he confesses like, "Will you play Nintendo with me?" Like it's something that you do as a cool person who mm -hmm. loves cappuccino. Hell yeah. And, but and, I mean, speaking of yeah, the cappuccino thing. This like, was before this, Americans had discovered cappuccino, this, by the way. This is true and and this movie was oddly like geared for adults. This was a rated R movie. Like I'm still baffled this game had like this huge promotional cycle. Like for yes. some reason it was marketed to us. It was, it had an EGM cover story. It had a Nintendo power <laughs> feature. Like what? It had why? It our contest. Right. Yeah. Like, That's how I found out about it. How? I, I still don't know how someone like saw this R rated Bruce Willis comedy heist thing. And was like, that'd make the perfect video game. We got to market that to kids. Let's do it. Like yeah. Robocop. I get He's a yeah. fucking robot cop that shoots bad guys. Like, yes, of course that rated our franchise. Yeah, even, even makes for good video games. Even Die Hard. Like, you, you you can see how you would want to make a game out of that, despite him shooting like six people in that movie. Well, I, I think we were debating like, do games like Navy SEALs apply for this list? And I'm like, yeah, Navy SEALs makes sense because so many military yeah. games are popular. You, it at wouldn't the have time, to right? have anything to do with the movie, and you could make a game called Navy totally. SEALs. Totally, it's all the but, stuff. But he does before he gets drunk and wakes up on the beach in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> but sure. like games at the time were not ready to deal with like a cat burglar movie. Like mm. years later, when we yeah. finally got like you know, okay, we we finally saw like Sly Cooper. Okay, now you can do like burglary stealth games and shit like that. 
The industry was nowhere near that at the time. Like, was Metal Gear even out by this time? Like, 91. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was like 87 or something. But, uh, yeah, Hudson Hawk was, was a weird one. And, like, I think I remember this mainly because, like you said, Nintendo Power did a bunch of coverage of it. They also had a contest that was like a scavenger hunt and, you know, ended up sending, like, a couple of kids on it for a movie they weren't allowed to watch. Uh, and... <laughs> I, I'm reading from uh, 1900hotdog.com, Sean Baby. Uh, nice. He, like, when I was searching for info on this earlier, he was about all that I was able to surface. He says, one of the best things about the Nintendo Power Letters section is when they checked in with the winners of their weird contests. They would send kids on fantasy dates with celebrities with a high potential for disinterest, like pro golfers or NASCAR drivers. In this one, they sent three children on a Hudson Hawk scavenger hunt based on the rated R action comedy of 1991, starring Bruce Willis and Danny Aiello. Uh, some movie Kids characters love enjoy Danny forever. Aiello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy from Dumb and Dumber yeah. and Mafia movies. Oh, you're yeah. from Moonstruck and do the right yeah. thing. <laughs> we all remember how Indiana Jones hates Snake, how James Bond can never turn down pussy, and of course how Hudson Hawk is always looking for a cappuccino. Hey, where can we get a cappuccino, says Nintendo Power, referencing our collective love of Hudson Hawk, always <laughs> wanting his favorite drink. Terrific. <laughs> Just realized I grew up to become Hudson Hawk. I fucking love a cappuccino. Oh, Gotta who be doesn't honest. in this day and age? Want to go play Nintendo up. with me? Uh, Post Starbucks sort America. of a passe order. When was the last time you heard someone order a cappuccino oh, versus a latte? Yeah, you can't yeah when you when you realize cappuccinos are mostly filled with steam and lattes are mostly filled with milk, like okay, I want the one that's actually liquid. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. give me yeah, and the, give me the one with the most caffeine and sugar. Yeah. So the I'm Hudson, a macchiato guy myself. The Hudson Hawk game came out on NES. <laughs> Uh, it's Commodore 64 and Amiga. It was published by Ocean, which, you know, a very Eurocentric brand that did tons of movie games. They of, did the RoboCop game, didn't they? They, they did the RoboCop Jurassic game uh, for NES. That Not the arcade one, which was done by Data East and the, fucking Yeah, the ruled. Super Nintendo. The, over, uh, the, the Zelda, Isomet, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they the, sort of specialized in these inappropriate yeah, ports. They, like they, they did, did like Cobra the, game. Yeah, the Untouchables. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, which was a decent game. Yeah, I yeah that, that was all right. And I've always liked the fact that a company called Ocean did the game for Waterworld. <laughs> I think that might have been what killed them, actually. I don't know that they had <laughs> the a high-profile release game, after yeah. that. Believe it or not, we had a Waterworld discussion in our chat. Yeah. Just today we were talking nice. Waterworld because of an unfortunate accident at Universal, yeah. which led me to say like yeah. they should have led with Universal still has a Waterworld show. <laughs> like that, yeah, I that's, thought COVID closed it down, elite. but here it is. <laughs> Probably the most successful thing associated with that movie. Uh, they also did Darkman. And, of course, they did Hudson Hawk, where you play as a big-headed guy in a T-shirt and sunglasses. Who it's a has cute to, character. I like it. It's, it's very cute. You have to... Your main attack is you throw a ball, and you have to keep from being dragged off ledges by attack dogs, and uh, or, or being knocked off of the power line by owls while you're trying to... <laughs> you know, hand over hand across it. And then you, if, if you make it past that, you get to avoid security guards and, uh, laser beam cameras that fry you immediately. Uh, you have to steal from the Vatican, which is mostly patrolled by nuns with, with, uh, various weaponry and wheelbarrows and bombs and shit. It's a bit silly, but one thing I will say for it is that the Amiga version actually had some, some kind of banger music. Yeah. 
I mean, it has a certain quality to it that I, I, I would say, like, yes, this is very much a piece of music from an Amiga game from Europe in the 80s and 90s. It's got that like, uh, it, Phil Spector wall of sound thing. To it. The yeah, Amiga yeah. trademark. Oh, beautiful. Kind of. Michael, are, are any other Ocean games, is an Ocean game the number one? Because if not, I want to run down their other inappropriate ports because they are, there's so many worth a call out. On uh, this. Sure, just quickly. All right, real quick, we got Cobra based on the Sly Stallone <laughs> nice, action movie. Nice, nice. Cool World. You know wow. that Brad Pitt animated yeah, movie with Kim Basinger. Oh, no, it's Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dark Man, as you mentioned. Uh, let's see, I'm just, I'm just doing the inappropriate Oh, ones. Lethal Weapon. They had a Frankie Goes to Hollywood game yeah. that was an adaptation of the teachings of the band, like wow. the Relax, Don't Do It guys. Highlander, which I get how that could make a good video game, but again, very rated R. Uh, um, Red Heat, Platoon. Hook, Hook the game where you're not the hero. The, the, the game based on the movie where Robin Williams is not the hero most of the of the movie. Mm. Uh, let's see. We have um, Knight Rider, I get. Lethal Weapon, like you said. Miami Vice, another, you know. You know, that game about the drug trade in Miami and cops trying to bust drug dealers. They published uh, Salo? Uh, <laughs> Navy Seals, we talked. Platoon. I had Platoon. That, that was game was indecipherable. Game. <laughs> like, And it was, yeah, just, I don't know. Uh, let's see, Rambo and Rambo 3. For some reason, they didn't get two. Hmm. Red Heat, the Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. Belushi. vehicle. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. The, like, Robocop the one... <laughs> and two and three. Uh, the Shadow. Was this the was this the, the one based on? Oh my god! I think gosh. that was canceled. I think that was like one of those games that didn't quite come out. Course, short yeah. circuit. Yeah, I, yeah, I get short, but but short circuit another weird adaptation. But I get why because yeah, kids Baker love. No, short Baker circuit. knows the shadow didn't come out from his book wrong about all the the properties adapted from radio that That's didn't right. get their games right. The Lone <laughs> <Yeah>. Ranger. <laughs> like. You mentioned already. I actually do know from researching it. Yeah, nice. that, that, that is how I know. You mentioned the Untouchables. Did you mention Total Recall? They had a Total Recall game. Very, very uh, bad game. V, yeah. Yeah, the infamous. computer game based on the TV series, V, and then, yeah, oh, Water wow. like, yeah, they, they specialized in, like, why was this a game? Like, how so it, took, it took game? Brash, like, six months to fail and run out of money. And it took they Ocean, were the first like, company to bring us a playable Batmobile. Yes, the yeah, 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 yeah. Movie. yeah, the Batman game's decent. That's why I didn't put him in the inappropriate adaptation. Yeah, well, they, they did some decent games, and, and yeah, they were big, especially, like, in the C64 era when, like, uh, if you've ever found, like, there's there's a movie adaptation that you never knew existed, and it was only for Commodore 64, they probably did it. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway. a game based just on the last episode of MASH. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hudson Hawk, not great. Slightly better is... Did you end up ranking these in the most meritless? Kind of, kind of. Well, this this is <laughs> kind of, yeah, I, I think that's what you you said, um, Seabake, was, uh, you know, let's, let's rank them by worthlessness of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, well, well, Hudson Hawk was not exactly a failure, having cost, you know, $65 million and grossing $97 million. Uh, You know, and it made its money back and then some. This game... Came out in 1995. The movie it was based on cost somewhere between 92 and 98 I million dollars to make. Yes. It grossed 10 million dollars, and it's not a terrible film. So I hear. 
But uh, nobody wanted to see it anyway, and uh, shall we just let the trailer give the title away? We set sail for Cutthroat Island! More gold, jewels, and plunder than you've ever dreamed of! I'm gonna split you open. I really think that from now on, this will be part of this. 50-50. Gina Davis Pirate Adventure, one of the biggest flops of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I... Um, I, I just watched Long Kiss Goodnight, which is from her and her then-husband directing partner, Rennie Harlan, director of Die Hard 2, and they were pretty adamant about, like, there should be female-lead action, female-led action movies. Yeah. And and they neither of them fared well, but Long Kiss Goodnight is wonderful. I have not watched Cutthroat Island recently, but I remember watching it like, the world kind of wasn't ready for this. Eventually, pirate movies no. would kind of sweep everybody off their feet and they're making one right now when there's no demand and it's not it's not great <laughs> but it's not it's also like it holy shit it, it, you can see its budget it's 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 cool to look at now they're, they're very expensive to make yeah. like anytime mm-hmm. you make anything having to do with water yeah. like that's gonna cost you yeah. a ton of anytime water anytime you get Matthew Modine involved yeah. well that's what's so funny is mm. to this day I <laughs> I'm looking at the wiki entries for this thing I thought this movie also starred Carrie Elways because the way they made him it, look on the Matthew cover. Matthew Modine does look a lot like Carrie Elways. He Elway's looks like Wesley. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. So, I think intentionally. Like, I, I was like, wait, that's Matthew Modine? Like, what? That's that's the band played on's Matthew Modine starring in this movie. Is that what you know movie. him? Oh, God damn it. Birdie. He's yeah, I mean, Birdie. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the, also strange. He's things, the but. last two kids of Jiminy Glick. So the game lets you play as Matthew Modine or as Gina Davis, and it is... Sort of a, a mishmash of genres, all of which are executed rather poorly. It's a Final Fight-style belt scroller. It's a platforming game where you get to climb vines and jump around on tree branches. It has a minecart level, which <laughs> takes place in broad daylight for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> and then whenever there's a boss, it goes from belt scroller to just uh, side-to-side you know, Street Fighter type where like, oh, you can't you can't go up and down anymore, but you can duck, which you'll have to do a lot because enemies like to shoot at you. Time out. Time out. Sure. I, it struck me as odd when you're like a minecart taking place in broad daylight. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem too weird. Oh, wait, what is a minecart level doing taking place outside of a mine? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. It's not necessarily the daylight part. It's that it's not in a mine. Like yeah. it looks like that. that, that why did, why was that? It's thing? on the way into the mine, I think. So there's a lot of open space and track. Uh, until why are minecart levels a thing in games? Like they're in. They're way over. I, I blame Ninja yeah. Turtles. Something about like I'm on a skateboard, but I'm not controlling the skateboard. It magically appears underneath me wherever I go. Mm-hmm. I, I blame like it was Temple Donkey Kong Country Doom. that really like indeed made it did. The cliche. Yeah, yeah. Donkey, yeah. I, I, but I blame Temple of Doom like just in general to be like, oh yeah, minecart things are cool and we should do stuff yeah. with mine cards. Yeah. Um, so this, this game hit, hit on all cylinders back in the day. It came out on super Nintendo Genesis or mega drive. Uh, also game boy and game gear. It's pretty much the same game on every platform with some <laughs> minor differences. Uh, I think you, you don't get to go up and down when, when fighting in the, uh, the game boy version, but otherwise, yeah, same levels, same characters, same graphics, it does not look good on no. anything. <laughs> it, the it the looks graphics like look outdated. In- this might be one of the only games that actually looks slightly better on Genesis than on Super Nintendo. It, oh. it looks like an impressionist painting. Like it's it's mm. like 
implies the human form and facial expressions more it's, than it actually shows. I, I, I just looking at it, I was like, did they? Was Monkey Island the only re- reference for a successful pirate game? Because it. So, no, oddly enough, I think what they should have done as I look at this, I'm like, they should have just ripped off Sid Meier's Pirates. They should have yeah. just skinned Sid Meier's Pirates and called called it this game and called it a day. Like that would have been huge. Yeah, which didn't they kind of do something like that with Pirates: The Legend of Black Cat later on? Or I, I never think played so. that game. I think but, so. But um, yeah, here's here's the Genesis audio. It doesn't sound better than the Super Nintendo, but at the same time, it's like, could this audio come from any other console? Like that might be the most Genesis audio outside of yeah, Sonic. Yeah, like they tried to get every sound it could make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Yamaha sound chick, baby. Yeah, yeah. So Cutthroat Island. Not great. Uh, apparently an okay movie. I, I still haven't seen it. Um, but man, what a fucking bomb. Yes. And, and, and you know a good, a good Genesis uh, pirate what? game? Uh, Pirates of Dark Water. Oh, shit. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh, based on the cartoon. That yeah. was actually a really fun game. The Rankin Bass cartoon. Not to be confused with Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates. That game is terrible, but the cartoon was great. I also want to point out this. I think this is the movie that killed Carlico Pictures. The people who like we're going to make a massive Rambo sequel and a massive Terminator sequel, and they were very well received. And they bankrolled this to such an extent, like it killed that whole studio mm. and and Spider Man to to some extent because they were trying to get a Spider Man movie off the ground for mm. decades. Well, that does it for our top five. Oh. But wait, there's one more. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm getting something over the teletype. (laughs) Speaking of terrible (laughs) Genesis audio, this game is, it's number zero because it never actually came out. It's a prototype and it was based on this movie. He was having a good time. Could stop him. He's fearless. He's ruthless. He's toothless. And the world is his playpen. From John Hughes, the creator of Home Alone. Baby's Day Out. There's a, there's a certain the president of the United States is a duck quality to that. But, oh. <laughs> uh, just, just, like, I wish I could, like, more than I want to be, like, respected, whatever John Hughes was doing at the end of his career, like, I don't know, big dog lives with a family. Boom! Million dollar script. Multi-Beethoven mm-hmm. franchise. Uh, bam! Baby's day out. Eat my shit. I wrote this on the toilet. Uh, (laughs) made for 48 million grossed 30 million dollars worldwide however it was hugely popular in india for whatever reason it got remade like three times first in in telugu languages sisindri and then sisindri was later remade in malayalam language with the best most inappropriate title ever james bond 
The movie's just called James Bond, but it's a remake of a remake of Baby's Day Out. It was it was made in 1999. It looks exactly like it was made in 1974. It's on YouTube if you want to see the whole thing. It's we, over two hours we streamed, long. We streamed it, and it is it is. Oh, like this looks like what should have been the toys game because that's what you play as. Yeah. Well, you you play as the guardian angel, who it's sort of like a lemming style thing where you're like you're trying to create a clear path for the baby for baby Bink to to crawl along so he doesn't get hurt. And you can possess various things, like you can possess sneakers, you can uh, possess a gun, and literally fucking murder Brian Haley. Oh, that Fuck is you, Haley. that is actually I played the wrong sound. That is from the Pound the Thugs game that pops up after you finish a succession of levels. Joe Mantegna, Brian Haley, and Joe Pentoliano oh. clearly had their likenesses digitized for this game, but they are always shown wearing masks over their noses and mouths. So it's like, I can tell that's his head. Why did you cover his face? Had you not secured the likeness rights yet? Um, not yet. And and they, they keep, like, after every level, there's like a little victory screen where they creep after the baby and put him in a van and it, it here's the music that goes with it something like simultaneously adorable and weird about it because they're just like walking along with their like arms outstretched like you know oh we're sneaking around in an exaggerated way and now we put the baby in the van and drive the next level that's if you YouTube Baby's Day Out game Laser Time is like the third entry. Because uh... <laughs> can I give you a, a fairly recent Please. developer quote on this game? Please. Okay, first of all, I need to preface this because this this game is like my Mandela Effect game because I swear I remember shelving it when I worked at Blockbuster Video. I swear I remember the Super Nintendo box and Baby's Day Out being there. Uh, and recently, uh, in twenty. 22 uh last year wow uh frank cefaldi uh posted something about it uh where which is where i realized hey this game didn't actually come out uh and so i i went through everything that frank posted and it had names and one of them was on twitter and his name's jason schreiber uh and so i just i said jason schreiber uh any insight on the cancellation is there any chance it saw limited release in the real market he said nice fine uh, Baby's Day Out had possession gameplay that was ahead of its time. It was never released. Also, the publisher ran out of money, if I remember correctly. So, uh, it's, possession gameplay ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. It's one of the worst Genesis games I've ever played <laughs> in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, so ahead of its time. Yeah, too so ahead, ahead of, of its time. time. It was never released. That's, <laughs> it's, that's yeah, it's, a, it's a 2D messiah. There you go. That's the best yeah. you can say <laughs> about it. That's a good it. way to look at it, yeah. Uh, it, it, I, I just wanted it, my only other Baby's Day Out factoid. It's where I learned who Vern Troyer was. Because anytime oh. there was like a cataclysmic accident around the baby, it was Vern Troyer in the baby clothes. And he was the stuntman for the baby. And wow. there was like a behind-the-scenes feature and like, this is the baby stuntman, Vern Troyer, a guy who is actually baby height. And uh, like, oh, shit, I'll watch anything he's in. And Mike Myers knew that. <laughs> Made him a That's how he got you back in the theater. For oh, I love Austin Vern Troyer. I miss him so dearly. Uh, all right. Well, that has been our top five plus one. So on that note, we're going to take a little break. 
And when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, Forspoken, Fire Emblem, a bunch of other stuff, some news, I think. Stay tuned. I'm a shine. No non-latifa, the men no mic. Just like Aretha, cute little girl, but I fight like a man. I even bet I might try to say, yeah, Sean, Khalil, and Pee Wee Wong, R-E-S, and T-C-T, never slipping, I slide it, no magic, I slack it, baby's kids, straight jacket. <laughs> Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Two comedies that couldn't be different. Kind of odd to enjoy together, but one of them is the highest gro- one of the highest grossing movies of the year behind E.T., I think. 48 Hours and Tootsie, which I had never seen. I had right. really I thought I had seen it. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. I just I, I okay. thought I remembered it airing on cable all the time and then watching it like I definitely didn't see this. Not, that not was Juana Man, I think. Juana Man. Juana Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Mrs. Down. Superior film. Let's be let's be real here. Yeah, well I, I thought it was fun. It's like there's a bunch of movies from eighty two that we definitely should talk about and it's like the uh and instead we're going with the number one highest grossing comedy of the year and the number three highest grossing comedy of the year. Because and, I and, refuse to talk about number two. Because oh, now it's I'm Porky's. Porky's. Oh, oh. Porky's does surprisingly well. Is the fifth highest grossing film of 1982 above Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Yes. Talk about a movie that's wow. aged like milk. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just going to dive headlong with no delays or interruptions into that segment that is known as... Son of a bitch! Releases, they are releasing new releases. New releases, everybody Colossal Cave. We talked about a bunch last week. It is you, a, you played it more, yes? I did. I played well, I played it some and wasn't even out by the time we were recording. But uh so that is it's it's it was a big deal that like Ken and Roberta Williams returning to video games to create a tribute to the text adventure that started it all like playable on mainframes in the seventies. And uh so I played a bit of Colossal Cave on Steam and it is a strange kind of game. <laughs> uh, it well, it, it's it's interesting. It's like you know, it's a 3D adventure uh, with with somewhat dated graphics. Uh, but an interesting thing about it is that like you always you you have like three different cursors that you can switch between. There's like an eyeball, a hand that you can use to interact with things, and then like you can use objects on other objects in the environment. You know, like like a point and click adventure, uh, and it's all in first person. And as long as the eyeball cursor is out, if you click on it, like it will give you a spoken description of your surroundings, which is kind of neat. Like. Yeah. You know, just talking about like, oh, you're at the the end of a long road, and there's a, a building in front of you with a closed door, and it, and it the whole thing feels very Zork-ish, which is appropriate because Colossal Cave is the game that inspired the original Zork, and it's all yeah. about like descending into these caves, finding treasures, and then bringing them back up to put in the house at the top of everything. So it it does sound very. 
80s text adventure ish like you know that was always one of the commands like describe my surroundings or yeah it's which certainly wasn't that because that would have yeah, given you look. a fucking syntax error yeah it was then. just look i yeah, misspelled look. mo but i failed i game over <laughs> <laughs> but it it is a little strange so like yeah the the caves are i'm not sure if this one is i know the original was based loosely on the real colossal cave in arizona and uh, now so, I remember talking about. Yeah, this. you you delve into it, and there's like you know garbage and litter and shit lying around, and like discarded tires and uh, waste baskets that say "Please keep the cave clean" and stuff like that. And then you go further down, and you start finding these dwarves that they see you, and they oh, I'm, I'm waving my arms around exaggeratedly, and now I'm going to disappear. But periodically, as you're walking around, like a dwarf will jump up and throw a knife at you. And most of the time they miss, but like reading a review, it's like it's an appar- apparently an RNG thing. And oh, if no. they connect, you will die instantly. Rude. The thing is, it you can you can resurrect, but that cuts into your score. And you are what you're trying to do score. is build a score. Like you're you're getting points by you know solving puzzles. And yeah, okay, great. We have a butthead. Thank, <laughs> uh, thank no, you. No, no, not score like dirty like. The fact that the game keeps score, I was literally yeah, laughing okay, at yeah, that. Yeah, all right. Not, yeah, that's that's antiquated. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't making like a Beavis joke. I know, like, this, what Michael did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he said oh. score. No, 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 no. Like literally, I was laughing at the concept of keeping score in a video game. It is. So. It is a little weird. I, I think the <laughs> the maximum score is like three hundred and fifty. So you get points for like solving puzzles, for bringing treasures back up, etc. So like. Every time you die, food? like it's not really, it's sort of out of your control if you die. And if you do, then you won't get a perfect score, which, like, if that's what you're gunning for, it, it makes it kind of difficult. Yeah, score. <laughs> and and there, there are some cool moments, like, not to get too spoilery, like, there's a bit where you find a cave where a dragon is hanging out and it gets in your path. And uh, you can, you like, you know, try to click the hand icon on it, and the narrator is like, no, anyone who did that would be really reckless. That would be a really reckless thing to do. And then if you do it again, like, you know, a, a, just a gauntlet pops up and you knock the dragon out with one punch and like, wow, you actually did that. That's kind of impressive. So, you know, fortune favors the bold, etc. But, mm. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strange little game. Uh, you know, reading the reviews, like saying, yeah, a lot of this stuff was probably, it, it feels like, if games hadn't evolved in nineteen from nineteen seventy seven, except in terms of their presentation, is that the right. design is very antiquated. That happens. So that that answers one of my questions, which is like, is this a return to form? Like Roberta Williams is back, and it's like, I remember when one of the brothers behind Mist they had a game a few years ago that was very much that. It was like, yeah, what if Mist, right. but with today's graphics? Was, was that abduction? Abduction, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Where it's like, yes, yeah, sometimes I hate to say it this way, it's like the industry does move on from a lot of those styles, and that's why yeah. you got to give people like Ron Gilbert credit. It's like, yeah, he he has stayed within kind of his niche, but he evolves just enough where it's like, yeah, these these don't feel like I'm playing antiquated yeah. games as, that no as one opposed would ever to you Suzuki, who put out like a friggin' actual Dreamcast game in 2018 or whenever that was. Uh, with Shenmue 3. Um, uh, some, some more uh, cutting-edge stuff, I guess. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage yeah, on Nintendo Engage. Switch. 
Yep. Which played it, love it. Yeah, that that does feel like a bit of a return to form for Fire Emblem. Uh, I mean, Three Houses was great, but if you like me, felt like the anime high school stuff was bogging things down a bit. Like this yeah. is much quicker. Like it's just battle, and then like you're in in a little open area where you can talk to all the characters you fought with, and like okay, now I get the the dialogue. Uh, I I can give you a gift and and uh, up our support level, whatever. And then it's just yeah. right back to another battle, and. Um. So I, I, like I only really got into Fire Emblem with Three Houses. Like, I've, mm. I've played previous games, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. But um, question on the... So the emblems in this game being classic characters, was that a thing in previous Fire Emblem games ever? Or no. is that new to this game? I think game? that's new to this game. So It is so rad, because it's like... I mean, within <laughs> within the first, like, tutorial, it's like, there's Marth. All mm-hmm. right, you got your most famous popular Fire Emblem character in this game through this emblem system, which are basically like, yeah, these legendary warriors that you can, they're kind of like summons, you know, it's like, the, it's like your special powers during yeah. battles. It's well, neat. it reminds me a lot of Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which was the Persona Fire Emblem mashup. Uh-huh. And where, yeah, you, your characters had, instead of personas, they could call on Fire Emblem characters. It's like, oh, we've come to your world from another dimension. And it's kind of the same thing here. Like, oh, we're we're fighters from another world. Not like, you know, we're the ghosts of long dead fighters from previous mm-hmm. games or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, you can... Uh, you can pair a character with these emblems uh, with with rings, and then like those characters are always together on the battlefield. I think you know at least with the main character, you can attack twice once you have Marth activated, and then you can uh, engage, which melds you with them to create like a super powerful character. Like you know, like was it Firestorm on from DC? Sort of two characters combined to make one really powerful one, or you know, uh, the Steven Universe characters, yeah, Dragon Ball fusion, whatever. Uh, but then, then you can like unleash some really powerful attacks, and it's a limited time thing. But uh, yeah, I am enjoying it a lot. It's uh, it's really crunchy so far with the mm-hmm. tactical stuff, which I like. Which is like, yeah, it's taking into account terrain and, and all that shit, and it's like, yeah, there's. If you wanted Fire Emblem to go back to being a very tactics focused game, you'll I think you'll. You'll find a lot to love here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And uh, Forspoken, which I <laughs> Forspoken, I kind of tried to allude to at the top of the show. Well, like mm, that happened uh, <laughs> because I don't. It's it's hard to find a conversation about this game that doesn't involve shitting on the dialogue, which is whatever you think of it's, it. There's a lot of it. It's constant. It's worth shitting on. Yeah. It's. I think the best takes I've seen are like this is the legacy of Joss Whedon. Yeah, you know, like like we're gonna get fantasy and sci-fi with this kind that. of dialogue. You know? Because like I, I wasn't even noticing it because I hadn't turned, I had, didn't have it turned up very well. But when she's like, "Ugh, I got mud all over my kicks" or something like that. Shit, I got. But she's cursing while she's saying it. Like, yeah, this is yeah. this is really sweaty and like a PS. Two era kind well, of. It's an East guy, that's why. So she's like, "How did you describe it, Michael? You're like, it's like, yeah, I just hate the character that wants to ignore all the cool fantasy shit happening around them and return yeah. to their well, shitty the, life in New yeah, York that, City." That's it's the thing like, that, like, they go out of their way to establish that the main the main character, Alfrey Holland or Frey, Frey, she yeah. she lives a really shitty life in Manhattan. She's basically homeless. She squats in an abandoned building. Uh, some gang members are after her. They want her to. Uh, steal a car for them, but uh, she's already just, you know, 
been in front of a judge who was like extremely lenient. She's on her third strike. She can't fuck up again. And uh, she, she then like spoilers. There is a, a fire. She loses everything except her cat. And she finds a magic bangle that takes her into another universe. And immediately, all she wants to do is go back to her shitty life in Manhattan. And she won't yeah. shut up about it. Like, is not interested in this world. Is totally incurious. Is shitty to everyone who tries to help her. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's, she's going to go through an arc. She's going to grow as a character. She's going to become a hero, etc. But it's a little abrasive and difficult to deal with at first. It's sweaty as fuck. And there's, there is yeah. a lot, like whatever you think of the dialogue, there is a lot of it. She talks yeah. nonstop. And, and once, they repeat it a lot. And I, I haven't run into repetitions. I have. I don't know. I have. Well, in the demo, you've been playing the demo. I have you know what it reminded me of is like, remember the book in Nier? Like how yeah. yes. basically your little Paul Bettany fucking, you know, along for the ride weapon that talks at you. Except in Nier, your character doesn't quit back to the book. You know, yeah. in Nier, the your character for the most part plays it straight. And in this game, it's like, no, no, we're going to. We're going to quip and, and, and yeah, we're going to have repartee. What really bothers me, though, is like she's doing really cool shit, like yeah. really cool magic. Shit, and she's they, so they, nonplussed by that. Fact. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the, the game, the, the basic traversal and the, the use of powers is incredibly fun. Yes. Like there's there's a button you hold down to do magic parkour and you basically move at <laughs> high speed that. over everything. <laughs> That's what yeah, it's, it's called. It's, it's called, called magic, magic parkour. parkour in the game. You can you can <laughs> climb so up cliffs with it and uh yeah, you have like a bunch of magical attacks that you can let you you have like a machine gun, a pistol essentially like you're throwing rocks it feels a little bit like infamous there, there's multiple magic systems even there's mm -hmm. there's one that's more melee based yeah yeah I, I you get it in the demo i'm not at that point yet in yeah the, i, I the saw main game. people talking shit about it and i think a lot of that was based on kind of a, the presentation of its marketing materials which you know some of that is evident in the game too mm -hmm. uh but i think maybe a lot of people's distaste for it it is like square it's an action RPG, and like this is a third-person shooter for the most, or like well, yeah, yeah, the, 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 behind a, a really fast yeah. third-person shooter, and, and occasionally you have a melee weapon and everything, but like you can select your spells. I'm like sort of, but this is a melee shooter. Like it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call people to test just for a second, though. Like I think a lot of the discourse we're seeing out there, like yes, reviews have, are not being kind to this game. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Right? If you've Played through the game, you're a reviewer, you got opinions. I get it. Uh, most of the discourse I'm seeing are from people who have not played the game right. one bit, and they're just who shitting have on. Seen like a couple see. videos that are egregious right. examples right. of the banter. And, and those people, it's like cool, whatever you want to call the marketing materials, cringy. It's like, but unless you've played the game, like I don't know. I from what I've played, I'm I must love shitty games. Like there's there's a lot of really cool systems going on in this game to the point of like I want to explore. There's, like, missions upon missions to, like, level up your magic and shit. There is so much. It's an open-world game where it's, like, there are so many icons on the map. Like, here, go explore this thing. Go fucking mm -hmm. fight off waves of enemies in this fort. And it's, like, yeah. I could see myself just throwing on podcasts. Which I maybe muting, muting the sound so the characters shut the fuck up. And I would just sit there and, like, I could just waste mindless hours in this game because the combat is really fun in my opinion i don't know like no no uh, I, I, I eventually like it was daunting because i think i sent michael that i think you should leave gif like 
I don't know what any of this shit does, and I'm fucking scared. Because the demo right. kind oh, of yeah, jumps yeah. you There's in. also collectible shit all over the map. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Everywhere, and like, I, I collect something like, this is at max capacity, and like, what the fuck is this? And what yeah. would I do with it? I, but, uh, but yeah, like Matt was saying, like, after a while, like, all right, I get it. And like, I, um, I could never perform certain things the tutorial was telling me to do in the demo. Uh, such as the dodge evade, but I was still dodging and evading. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I just don't see how it was different from. You can do a special dodge evade like this isn't working at all. Yeah, it, or there's like but, a thing like attack while doing parkour, and and mm-hmm. I got that to work like half the time. It would do a special animation, the other times mm-hmm. it wouldn't, and it's yeah. Um, but I, I will say it is the kind of game like it's very forgiving. Uh, you can yeah. just kind of hammer yes. on buttons, and you'll you'll probably do okay. Uh, that was my speculation that there there may have been something a little more difficult in the game because the all the meters mm-hmm. everywhere seem to be mm-hmm. asking something of me. But this could also be the demo. I didn't feel like I was sacrificing or using anything no, to do anything. The demo set on super easy mode. Like yeah, the demo yeah, it must is, be. is very. I so I not to spend too much time on this game, but I am fascinated by this oh. game right now, right? Because this game to me, it's Square, published by Square. It feels like one of their western published or western developed mm. games except when you read the history of this game this is luminous productions which was formed by the remnants of the final fantasy 15 team and it's like oh so this is a japanese developed game right. clearly has western writers yeah. on board huge western sensibilities like i i'm so fascinated about the history of how this thing got made what's going to happen next? Because if the reviews aren't that kind, you know, that doesn't it, it feels well to me where, where Final Fantasy would have gone. But, like, well, I can see reviewers being uncomfortable with that. This is a square RPG, mm. but this is a very action-oriented game. Yeah. Very and, dynamic And actually, game. you know what it reminded me most mm. of? Sonic Frontiers. Ah. Be- the, because the, the traversal is, like, super fast at its best. And just playing the demo, like... I, I thought it was really friendly just to the idea of, like, I can just run in any direction. If there's something in the distance that looks interesting, I could just branch Parkour off and it. chase after it. And, I and can I'm not be there. punished for falling off cliffs. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> and I could I can get there super quickly and back if I want to get back to mm-hmm. the critical path. The fast travel is, on, on PS5, instantaneous. Like, wow. I, I, I went to fast travel from point A to point B, and, like, yeah. it... It was about as quick as, like, bringing up the pause screen. Like, all of a sudden I'm there and I'm like, did it not do anything? And looking, was, oh, these are different surroundings. Holy shit, it worked. I uh, think that's because it's uh, on console. Currently, it's a PS5 exclusive. Yeah, that's so they're yeah. taking what I want. That's that the stuff. potential I was... Yeah. You heard our Game of the Year thing. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see more PS5 exclusive shit. And in what should not be shocking, but it kind of is after playing, you know, Horizon Forbidden West and God of War, it actually makes full use of the dual sense. Like a lot. Like a yeah, lot. Yeah. yeah, this thing feels like a rumbling, like just hunk of resistance in my hands. And I kind of like that. It's taking advantage of so many PS5 features. Yeah. And has that exclusivity. I'm like, did Sony kick in some dev money on this? Because oh, sure. this is a. This is a platform showcase. You know, so you, you said Sonic Frontiers. You know what I got reminded of while playing this is is Returnal. Hmm. I'm just like, this This game is is like a showcase for the PS5 with the haptic stuff and with yeah, the other the hard drive. I'd say, again, I I think I might like, I might like, ga- I might like B games. Like this feels like, it, it's so weird. This game is trying so many things and failing at a few of them. 
but succeeding just enough where I'm like, I, I wish we had more games like this still. Like, games mm-hmm. that were just like, someone will come along and perfect this formula. It might not be this team, or maybe it'll be their next game, but it's like this... It's so close to being an amazing game. Yeah, I, I will say one thing: if you're like teetering on the fence between like, uh, should I get this for PS5 or PC? Uh, the PS, like, if you've got a beefy PC, um, the PS5 does a thing where it makes you choose at the beginning: like, do you want 4K graphics? Do you want high performance, like high frame rate, or do you want ray tracing? And so you get to pick one of those, unlike Ratchet and Clank, which let you pick like two of them. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, if you've got a beefy PC that can do all three, maybe that will swing it and it's worth I, – I don't know if it has full DualSense support on PC. But then you, you don't get the haptics as, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah the uh, the voice comes through the controller. Oh, it's Like annoying. the talking – she calls it a cuff. Like Michael mm-hmm. said, it's a bangle. Yeah. So. I, I turn that shit off immediately. <laughs> I, mean, I, I play with headphones. It's just like – Yeah, yeah. My PS5 is not that old. How come you can't – play this at the same time as my speakers on the controller like it's delayed it just sounds ridiculous it's uh i think what also fascinates me is it's i don't think it's straight up an unreal 5 gameplay it's like a, a modified version of unreal 5 with wasn't it used their... to demo unreal 5 like at the it, when they first was, showed it off but the, the engine they say is it's like the luminous engine but mm. i mean that can just be a heavily modified version of, mm. of unreal right that they've done some proprietary stuff too mm. so like, this is yeah one of the first big mass market unreal 5 games that we have to, to actually see that engine in in motion and what I it think can it's, do it's and worth it's worth trying out the demo because it, there's something about it that does feel mildly more next geny some more yes. going on under the, under the hood um, right yeah yeah it's it's it feels to me like a text I hate to say this because this sounds really bad. At times, it feels more like a tech showcase than than like this solid game, where it's like, yeah, it's it's doing amazing things that other games can't do. I hope someone comes along and perfects and refines the things this game is doing. But I think it's interesting enough where if you like action RPGs, it's worth giving a whirl. Like Chris, at least get the demo, see see if it takes or not. Like I liked it a lot. Uh, also out this week, Oddballers, uh, coming from Ubisoft, which, full disclosure, I do work from, for them, but my opinions are my own, etc. Uh, Oddballers is a, is a little dodgeball party game for, you know, between four and six players, which I think is a lot of fun. You can play as these little potato-shaped characters or as rabbits, both of which can be customized, and it's all about, like, Single screen action, you are just trying to huck dodgeballs or whatever else you can pick up and throw at other players and knock them out. And there's like a bunch of different minigame variations where you can uh, compete to control lawnmowers to shear sheep or uh, team up with all the other players on screen to pull fish out of the ocean and then use them as clubs to smash up a car Final Fight style. And I think if you, if you successfully do it, a little guy comes out and says, oh my car. And uh, oh my god, it's a nice reference. Mm-hmm. Yes, sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a neat little party game, and if you want to practice or play it by itself, you can have up to five AI bots, each with customizable difficulty, which I think is a neat idea. Anyway, that's that's my plug, I guess, for this segment. Uh, it's on a bunch of stuff. I confuse it with uh, all the other dodgeball free-to-play games from like last year. So oh, it's not free to play. Oh, okay. There, there. That's the <laughs> distinction. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a neat little party game. If uh, 
Some PC gamers out there might be familiar with Stickbold, which is a very similar game made by the same developer, GameSwing. Uh, is it on? You can get on Steam, but uh, it has has an indie sensibility. But uh, also, Dead Space Remake will be out by the time this show launches. Ooh. We haven't been able to play it, but apparently, it's very scary, and we can talk about it next week. How the fuck is mm-hmm. it going to be scary? We already did this. Like, <laughs> remastered. <laughs> like all the surprises are over. Yeah, even if they are, I, like, it's a great it's game. Dead Space. I can't wait to play. Yeah, no. Four ten. No one ever talks about the Lord of the Rings reference in there. Uh, that I, I, I've never seen anyone reference it, but there's a, a great Lord of the Rings reference, and I think it's the second. Now nah, it's been forever since I played it, but if you go into one of the bathroom stalls, you you see written on the wall, uh, "They're coming, they're coming, they're here." Uh, you know, like in the mines of Moria, and you hear like a clanking and a clanking and a clanking. It's like mm. totally. Totally that. I've never seen anyone reference that before. Well, the leads behind that game worked on the uh, the Two Towers yeah. game for EA, so there you that go. might be why. Ah, Expected to be excised this time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, before we move on from new releases, there's another new release we should talk about briefly, which is the second episode of The Last of Us on HBO. Yeah, uh, or, or we can talk even first and second sort of together. Like, I, we've been sort of talking offline about this this well, we, show. Well, we, we talked about it in the intro to last week's show. So yeah, we did. It's not like did. they're new to us being fans. And we, we were sort of speculating on, like, where will this show go? Will it diverge from the games? Um, I would Slightly. just say... I would say spoiler alert now. Like, if you don't want to hear anything about The Last of Us show, uh, maybe skip ahead another. Let's let's yeah, give ourselves. I, I don't want to spoil how it, how it ends, but yeah, uh, we can we yet. can spoil the stuff about the fungus. Yeah, let's let's say if you want to if you want to skip spoilers, jump ahead six minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, so on episode two, and I think they they showed it a little bit. They hinted at episode one. We we really saw that like in this universe spores don't really matter as much like they're not wearing masks and and to avoid infection like the way the thing spreads is just with these little tendrily worm things that come out of the mouth and and i think through bites and other other ways but it's Mm -hmm. like so that that's a big divergence like michael and i were talking like there's actually in the second game a big scene where the someone's lack of a mask is kind of very important plot point to reveal something about them two, and it's two like, scenes actually where lack of a mask is a very important plot point yeah yeah and so it's like well okay they don't have that device at their disposal they did introduce a new thing too um so it's weird like when you watch each episode they close with that sort of behind the scenes like three or four minute mm-hmm. thing and i would almost say that's like if you've played the games those are like required viewing because it they talk a little bit about the systems, I guess, for for the show, and like the fact that like these creatures, the 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 fungus infected, the clicker clickers mm-hmm. are one variety I know, but I forget what their full name is. Just infected, I think. Yeah, they can like communicate to each other, and it's based right. on like in nature, fungus kind of sends out chemical things that other fungus pick on, and so it's it, it's almost like this form of long range communication. Yeah. So like in this show. They come across an infected, and it like alerts all these other nearby yeah. infected who well, come running. The, the idea is that there's like massive uh, fungus underground. colonies underground, yeah. and they send up these tendrils, and the tendrils are connected to a lot of the the infected. So and also so massive you, spoilers for Disney Strange World, which I'm the only person who saw. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. 
Wow. Jake Gyllenhaal thanks yeah. you, Chris. But yeah, it, it does introduce God, a new thing like, oh, if you if you make contact with a uh, a patch of fungus over here, then like suddenly anyone any any infected who are connected to it know exactly where you are and will come after you even yeah. a mile away. I I didn't finish the episode, but I did find that remarkably weird to like that explanation would have been very welcome in, in like in, in the game, mm-hmm. but it's but, <laughs> but it's not in the games. That's the thing it's is not in the game because I guess it, it, it can't happen. But in the it, game. that it, that would be an interesting gameplay mechanic. It would. That it would make the games way harder because like yeah, in the games would. you can murder like a room full of clickers and then in the next room they will not know they what happened. They won't know you exist. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I th- I believe Joel says like you could set something off and then walk miles away and they'll they'll know you're coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I did like uh, seeing someone on Twitter having, you know, the Walter White screaming from the van gaff, like, no, Joel, don't attack the clickers with a melee weapon. Use your shivs, your shivs. <laughs> your bricks. Don't, don't, don't forget your yeah. bricks. Well, that's the thing. You, you have to have a stock of shivs that you craft, and then they're like an instant kill if you sneak up on a clicker. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. That's so why they're I, not yeah, very scary. I, I'm definitely intrigued. I, it's, it's not much of a divergence because, you know, it, it, I mean... Okay, this is major spoiler territory. Like, in the game, what happens to their companion is the military kills her. Mm-hmm. But in this... Yeah, the this, episode, soldiers aren't hunting them in this, this right, version. Yeah, right. Yeah, so... No, no, I, I think... I think... Not only do they have to deviate, like... Uh, those characters need to be around and do something... More significant needs to happen to main characters on this show. And it needs more main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to be a show, I mean, and it's it's going to get them. We've seen ahead, and we've seen that like other oh, characters right. from the game who are going to pop up, and we know what their fate's going to be if you played the game, right? But there, so. but there aren't a lot of like characters in Last mm. of Us to play with, and um, yeah, and, and usually when they're disposed of, it's for like to introduce introduce gameplay devices, and this is a different medium. It's fucking fascinating. It really is because like it's not bad at all, and um, you know, I'm, I'm getting. I don't want to curse it, but I'm getting a lot of when I was sort of watching Walking Dead. Like the ooh, these changes are fun, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I welcome them. Sure. Yeah, I'm someone who uh, actually I only kind of dabbled in the first game. I only played an hour or two. Like the opening scene, I remember pretty well, but I didn't get much farther past that. I think I'm further in the show now than I got in the game. Yes, and yeah, I'm, I'm really are. digging it. I, I can, you know, I I, I had no idea that those differences existed until I watched the making of at the, the back at the end of the show. Oh, is that, they, they just um, lay it out. Like we're changing this. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. They, they, they straight up explain what the difference is. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it as someone who's not really, who hasn't really played the games that much. And it, it does make me actually want to play the games more. And I hear they're selling like 300% more than they did hey, before. Or maybe it was right about that why we have a remake out there. Yeah, that was yeah. a, a smart uh, move yeah, to absolutely. put out that remake, I have to admit. Like, even though it changes almost nothing from the other two versions of the game, like, no, it's it's important that you have this out there mm-hmm. that people yeah. can access right now. Um, I, I also saw the show confirmed like a fan theory, and this, we're no longer in spoiler territory because this is still kind of speculation, but it's like... There was a theory in the show, like, they were avoiding eating all flour-based products, and people were saying, like, ah, see, the fungus must have spread through flour. And, mm-hmm. and, like, even in the games, it references, like, oh, there was an outbreak at a flour mill, and they sort of confirmed, like, yep, that's that's totally how we imagined it happening. And you can imagine, like, yeah, the perfect substrate. Yes, yeah. exactly. 
And then I saw speculation people think they might have already cast Abby for a season two, but this is hmm. like way into speculation territory. Yeah, so. I'm I'm kind of wondering what they're going to do, like if they're going to continue the story into season two uh, and, and maybe, you know, split the game in half or if they're going to like, if it's successful, do some more seasons around like the intervening years in Wyoming or Colorado, wherever it is they end up. Um, I hope, I hope not because like playable flashbacks in last of us are different from prolonged hmm. flashbacks in a TV show. God, do I hate that shit? Yeah. But I mean, it wouldn't be flashbacks in that case. They, you know, just turn Even that into a season flash sideways kind of shit. Yeah. And don't want, um, but yeah. And, and will they even adapt last of us part two? And you know, if so, where do they go f- after that? Um, it, it, it's, you didn't see the it's most all interesting to consider. Fascinating thing. This is like the first episode directed by Neil Druckmann, like the, the mm. writer and I, I guess essentially creator of last of us, but creative director, I think. Yeah. Was his but official I, I title, don't believe it? he's directed live action television before. And this is his debut director. Wow. There is also a thing about the co-creator uh, not being credited. Well, the, the, he's like the co director on the remake, wasn't he? No, like the, I, I don't remember his name, but, okay. but apparently the guy who with Druckmann, if he wasn't with credited, that sucks. Or, if he was paid initially, yeah. I don't care at all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. No, he's, he's not credited. Yeah. And it's it's like a thing. Uh-oh. Mm. There are unions involved when you talk uh, TV shows. So, yeah, mm. the, the, that'll take care of itself. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move along to... That, that was my news, actually. Don't expect Niels Ruckman to return to video game creating because now he's got residuals and <laughs> TV credits on his hands. It and does seem like this he... is his bridge out of games into... Yeah, why would he come back to this? Yeah. And yeah. Maybe, maybe Hideo Kojima can direct an episode as well. That'll be his out, his, his magic can... ladder. Why would they come back to an industry that is plagued with layoffs yes. every several yeah. years. Um, Fortunately, good segue there. Mm-hmm. would direct an episode of Gossip Girl if I could get him out of games. <laughs> Content warning for those of you, because I've been there in life, like if you're triggered by news stories about economy and layoffs and stuff, like you may want to skip the news segment this week, because it's a lot of that type of news. So first off, the Washington Post, uh, they had a kind of games arm called Launcher. That uh, was doing great work, by the way, but is is unfortunately being shuttered. Uh, that follows recent news of several other gaming news websites getting hit with layoffs, including like biggies, like GameSpot, uh, Giant Bomb was hit by layoffs. Vox had a big round. It's it seems like <laughs> there is no between, end between to Amazon these and Microsoft. We're talking like tens of thousands of people. Y- yeah, yeah. So Amazon, tw- well, Amazon was what. 12k microsoft was 10k i might have it revert or google google had 12k they're they're all literally thousands of people that they have announced that so that's tech but um uh the microsoft specifically their layoffs affected uh 343 industries the team behind halo uh to the point i think I don't know if it's officially confirmed anywhere, but people were saying like up to a quarter of their studio might have been let go with this. Because I sent you guys that rumor was they can't develop any more Halo games. And they had to put out a statement saying that we're committed to developing Halo games internally. 
Yeah, but then, like, it's it was weird big. because, like, that goes against, like, if you lose a quarter of your workforce, and apparently yeah. a lot of these folks were, like, artists and people that would be working on new stuff, it's like, they can say one thing publicly all they want, but if, if the layoffs are speaking to another, the rumor was that they would more be overseeing, like, shepherding the brand and overseeing other studios working on Halo-type that, projects. That's what I don't get. Why would Microsoft swallow all these game studios and then gut the team responsible for arguably the bigger IP of anything they've acquired. I think with Halo specifically, um, Infinite, we sung its praises when it came out because it, it was, like, people really liked that campaign. Yes, the campaign and the co-op, but, like, people who wanted couch co-op or multiplayer were the kind of... co-op uh, wasn't there at launch, right? The co-op, that was a huge issue, but then, like... The PvP, apparently, um, people have been really unhappy it, with it's it. It's not their first botch, because they handled 4 and Guardians and Master Chief Collection, which was notoriously disastrous. That's the thing, is people keep pointing to, like, hey, you know, say what you will, but, like, 343 has not... It, they've had an issue with almost every Halo game yep. they worked on. Either some big tech issue, or creatively there wasn't just a lot going on in the game wasn't received well and so it's like yeah like they're not bungie i hate to say it yeah. like they're they're just they don't have the same track record as bungie and they've done some good things but they've also had several misses um if i'm microsoft i wonder like do i do i shop this around because microsoft does own a ton of devs at this yeah. point like do i give 343 a break or maybe just say, hey, just go in maintenance mode on infinite, work on multiplayer stuff, you know, get get that back on track. We're going to give the single player, the next single player experience to some uh, one of our other studios, you know, just to to breathe some new life into the franchise. Although I feel like Halo's been, they've tried to reboot it like three times in the past three games now. It's weird. It's, um, it's it doesn't, Halo doesn't mean the same thing to me as it does for a lot of <clears throat> bigger fans. But I played every Halo game except four uh, extensively. But I, I, I've played them all, but I and I couldn't blame you if you don't remember playing four or five right. for that matter. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. But but like, uh, it is. You do sort of feel that like you know, three four three industries is like this 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 staffed with fans of Halo, but don't really know how to move it forward in the same way Bungie moved Destiny forward. Because I remember mm -hmm. taking the Guardians appointment, and like this seems really old, and that was twenty. 15? 16? Like... Five? Th God, yeah, this feels know. very, yeah. very old. There are Battle Royale games out there. There are... Destiny was out there, and it wasn't playing that game. It was just like, here's more Halo. That's all you want, right? We're, we're, 343 was an industry... Remember, they had a Halo channel, and we're going to put Halo TV shows on it, and we're going to update this on the reg, and like, that... Pe people didn't want that so much, you forget you were promised it. Speaking of the Halo TV show, I think you said it on a show. Yeah. Was it last week? You're like, there was a Halo TV show on Paramount Plus that we haven't seen one episode mm -hmm. yeah. of. Yeah, like, like just not no real interest, and I hear it's not bad. <laughs> well, it's it's weird because like you know, Halo Infinite Infinity. Uh, mm -hmm. Can't remember infinite. which one. I think it's Infinite. I think it's Infinite. It was one of our games of the year. And, like, just thinking about it now, it's, it's like, amazing. man, I wish I'd played mo that for more than, like, a couple hours. And it's like, wait, I played a ton of yeah, that. I, roll, I rolled I credits on it. I just barely remember. And I, I, like, right before this news hit, I started playing it over again, co-op, with my buddy who just got his first Xbox in, like, 10 years. Mm. Uh, 
it's a great game. I feel like it should have been a bigger deal when the co-op hit because it did not launch with the co-op. And then they eventually like said, "Never mind about the whole couch co-op thing. That will just never happen." And I, I don't think yeah. that's not an important feature to me, but I guess to the people it was important to. And if they said they were getting it and just said, "Never mind," yeah, that'd be infuriating. Yeah. I think. Um, this relates to so overall Microsoft revenues on the games division are down year over year for the last quarter. Sure. Um, it's weird though because number of players they were like announcing record players, number of subscribers to Xbox Game Pass. So console sales though, I I couldn't tell from the reports like did console sales actually go down? But but con- console and game revenues together was down, which doesn't bode well because it's like okay, more consoles yeah. are becoming available, so you would think that revenue would go up. I would bet they found a way to make the connection between like there are there's nothing here to tie sales of new consoles to Halo. There's more ways of tying sales of new consoles to maybe Game Pass, and even then. The, I feel like that's something you have to like try. It, it's I, I've tried to tell all my friends like Game Pass is the shit. It makes being in the Xbox environment great. Yeah, uh, but it's still a five hundred dollar bet. Like, and that's that's way different from buying a game. I th- and, I think the bigger issue to me is like so Game Pass is great, and they've mm-hmm. they've done some pretty good partnerships with like third parties to bring their games to that service. But the big missing piece, and the reason I'm like, hey. Maybe maybe Xbox literally just doesn't have any system sellers because yeah. first party, they've had to delay a bunch of games. Yeah, like the track record of this gen has been, um, it's not even like a spotty track record. It's been almost non-existent. Yeah. Other than Forza Five and Halo Infinite, I can't name a first party game that's come out this generation. Yeah, they, they did not care about the first party thing, and and, and be, I think the confidence of Game Pass allows them to do that. And maybe it's this like lying on like we'll have Call of Duty like. Maybe we don't need another AAA shooter when we have Call of Duty. And that's me speculating, but like I sent that to you guys in that, like, why swallow up all these game studios if you're not going to put support around fucking Halo? Halo, a, a-, a-, a- multi, not multi-million, like hundred million selling game based on like six, six, seven games. If we're talking about just the first person shooters. That mean, but I'm not. I'm not shitting on Microsoft. I mean, like that means they're looking at something else, something different, and uh, that Halo might not be moving consoles anymore. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it has since the last generation. Mm. I, um, I thought Infinite was great, and I recommend it to everybody. But like, it is like maybe eighth on the list of like why to get an Xbox and Game Pass. <laughs> uh, it, it's not that. It's not the number one, and it was Halo one through three were like the reasons to get an Xbox. Uh, crazy I think, think the elephant it. in the room to me is um, Bethesda was a huge investment. Yeah, that has they haven't shipped anything so far yeah. to pay off on that investment. Yeah, it's like a to catalog. have a return on just that. a catalog. It's, I mean, there was Deathloop, but that was Sony exclusive for a bit, and then when it came to Xbox, it was like, yeah, okay, that was the year old game. I know I'm they the one who, who said I didn't, I didn't want to go long, but hmm. like it was mad. It was looking at like WWE wants to sell, and yeah, yeah. Listen up, Baker and, and, and Michael, because this, this does apply no. to this. The WWE is worth money because they get TV licensing deals, as in like USA and Fox license literally in the billions to show those on television. If you were to buy those as a as a if Peacock were to buy WWE, 
it wouldn't make them billions of dollars. It would save them billions of dollars. But it, the, it was just shocking to me that the legacy content doesn't mean dick. It doesn't me- make your company worth that much money. That's why the WWE might sell for more than Star Wars. Because its legacy content, its Macho Man figures, doesn't hold a candle to its, li- its modern licensing fees. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you don't have those... And all Halo sales and Halo money was based on, like, this game sold 10 million copies, like, the first two years of Xbox. If you're not selling it for 60 bucks, maybe it's not worth anything. Like, it's crazy to think about uh, in, in, the, in the, the weird licensing world we're living with. Uh, I, I thought that was bizarre. That, that legacy, The idea, WWE, like, looking into that made me think that legacy isn't really worth that much if you're not building on that legacy. And if you're not invested in building on that legacy because the legacy doesn't look like it's going to make you money in the future, holy shit, maybe no more... Halos. The idea of like Halo being farmed out to third parties, like how can that be good for the series? How? I don't, I don't know. I don't, they'd I don't be third it. parties. I think there'd be other studios Microsoft owns. Sure, internally, sure, right? possibly. But like, I just yeah. don't see how that benefits the series going forward. I really don't. And 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 it made me think like the acquisition of all these game developers doesn't really have anything to do with uh right now with making better games, but maybe to acquire a catalog to make Game Pass more attractive. Because really, like, if you're looking at the two systems, PS5 is mildly more powerful, and they have two more exclusives than Xbox... Sorry, they have way more exclusives than Xbox does. Um, yeah. Yeah, like... I, I, just taking a step back, like, I don't think if I'm Microsoft, I don't buy Obsidian for Obsidian to make Infernal. I hate to say it, and I know Infernal is, like, critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. people like Infernal, it's like, but it's it's strange the output they've gotten out of these devs. It, yeah. it the same thing happened with Rare, right? Yeah. Like Microsoft bought Rare, and all of a sudden, like Rare stopped sort of being Rare. Or, you know? or, or like, Activision, it's... Activision acquiring all these weird, awesome developers, and then putting them on whatever license they put a, a shitload of money in, and then just canning it entirely. That that's that's the yeah. future I worry about with the situation. The idea that like uh. Sorry, Bethesda, you work on Halo now. <laughs> you don't get to choose. <laughs> and then, like, ah, the last Halo game didn't sell great, so we got rid of all of Bethesda. Like, Jesus. I don't think that'll happen just because, like, Bethesda has the big, huge franchises. I think it the does. issue with Bethesda is they haven't shipped any of those right. in Since they've a while. been purchased. It, it's fascinating. It, I, I don't think Redfall's going to do it. I hate to say it, but but the, that's like they just need to ship Starfield. Starfield needs to get out the fucking door, and all problems will be solved, and Microsoft will be happy again because that thing's going to sell kajillion. Right, everything is solved. No matter with what. the Bethesda launch, he says, saying <laughs> never, never. There's never. <laughs> but all Bethesda launches are rocky post Skyrim. Uh, yeah, but they they sell. I mean, you know those Fallout games fucking sell a shit. They ton, do, man. they do, they, they they definitely do. It's just it's just odd to think of Halo as like not a huge franchise, like especially when we we liked it as much as we did. What's going on with the Avengers? I mean, there's never been a better time <laughs> to play the Avengers. Because <laughs> speaking uh, of things shutting down, so yeah, Crystal Dynamics announced they are ceasing active development on setting. the Avengers. Um, but kind of silver lining. They're turning on all the content in the game for free, so all the DLC, I think a lot of the, the skins and outfits and stuff like that, like, I will still stand by my opinion when this game came out, like, 
go play through the campaign. This campaign is worth playing through. Just don't get caught up in the grindy playing the same mission 20 times live service bullshit of the game and you'll be fine. Like even the DLC campaigns, when I played through those, like they were a good time and they gave me exposure to like parts of Marvel that I don't know anything about. What's a, I mean, think I have Baker here. Baker, what's the smart Hulk character that they had as like the a final boss? It's like post-apocalyptic Modoc? Hulk. Oh, oh, Maestro. Maestro. It's Maestro. Yeah. Maestro, yeah, thank Maestro, you. Yeah. Maestro is, is like the end boss of one of the DLCs. And so it's like, if you are into Marvel stuff at all and kind of want to dig deeper, like, it's a fun game for that. Mm-hmm. It's just the live service bullshit kind of got in the way of that game, which that's why I say it's literally, it's never been never been a better time to play that game because yeah, I, I, that I, I, shit's I going away. read the announcement correctly, but like, you know, a lot of those annoying currencies... Those aren't important anymore. Yep, and just switching it, them off. Just buy buy whatever kinda, you want. Skin your yeah, characters. Yeah, something like that. Want. Like it's not really a thing that's going to dictate the balance or outcome of your experience anymore. So now you can enjoy it like the game it should have been probably to begin with. Well, and what they haven't announced is you know what will inevitably come next is they will announce like we're turning off multiplayer servers and shit like that. But for now, those are still all on, and so. Um, yeah, play through the campaign. Maybe buddy up, play some co-op with your friends, and you know, you there's still a beautiful single-player experience in that game. There really. Can is. I tell you how I'd like to see it totally end when, when it all comes to a please? Oh, I love these an end. So, uh, 2014, 2015, they had uh, in the comics the the incursions, which were basically these universes colliding, and only one yes. could survive, and and that led to Secret Wars, where apparently the movies are going now too. Make it an incursion where yeah. this universe dies. Yes, we're shutting off servers and colliding wow. in the yeah. Doom world. And, and like that, kind like, of totally fits into the 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 entire Marvel canon, whether it's comics or maybe even a, a prelude to the to the what's happening in MCU. And you can hang and all. All that. you have to do is put up a text box. Kate Bishop is now in Doom World. Yeah, Baker, can you close <laughs> notes that for me? Why are people freaking out about the Ant Man trailer with with what's going on in there? Like, what do I need to know about that? Are they freaking out? Uh, in a good way. Like, people are excited about the Ant-Man trailer. In a way, I haven't yeah, seen because, them excited because, about like, anything Ant-Man. They, yeah, I've seen excited and not excited. Um, I think it's yeah. just the, the promise of yeah, Kang that was like... Yeah. Not to get too spoilery, but that's something that came out of the Loki yes. TV series. Yeah. And it's taken a while for any movement to come from that. Yes. And but so we're finally more, you know, seeing this character again. One of the Avengers movies is called... King Dynasty, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously a huge part. It's just a remake of the TV show Dynasty, but starring King. <laughs> it, it was a. <laughs> it, right. it's, it's a nice slow burn. I just watched Shang Chi the other day. Uh, it's been fun. It's just like it's just odd. No movie has directly led into the other since like yeah. the last. And I think that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's comics, right? Right. Like, hmm. Yes. Not every single story has to tell the story that leads into something else i mean just throw pieces but here they're there. hinting at like i think it's people are calling it the multiverse saga so yeah what's set up i will strange. say when it's all said and done i think just it'd be nice to get rid of the multiverse for a while <laughs> they will between spider verse it's, it's fun but it's like baker this is all leading towards galactus yeah yeah. Don't say Galactus. Well, How do- dare you uh, shrug Dr. off Doom Galactus also like has got to show up at some point, right? I mean, that's going to be huge. And, and it would he- surprise me if he's like a secret main villain of all this, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that been happening in the comics. I, 
minor spoiler, I guess. I've been reading more comics lately, Baker. Jesus, what am I doing? I have not. I am so far behind. What am I doing? I what am I what's doing? going on. <laughs> Please, I didn't go to medical school, so you can call me Mr. Doom. All right, I'm Dr. <laughs> Doom. <laughs> What if it's just like, yeah, Mr. Doom, the early years, yes. <laughs> before he got his PhD? No, Mom, I toot as I please. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but that is all the news that's fit to play. Right. Sorry about all the downer news, folks. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which should segment our community even more. Um, last week's question of the week was, uh, who is a creator of video games you'd like to see return to the industry? Uh, Chris, you weren't here last week. Is there anyone that, uh, jumps to front of mind? It's kind of a joke answer, but also kind of not a joke answer. So, uh, there's a guy you guys have all heard of. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's not known as a game designer, but he has been in the game industry before. Uh, he worked on a game called, uh... Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, ah! the second cataclysm, where he was an intern. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. at least one of you knows where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, yeah, and in the time since, um, you know, he's he's become uh, quite the entrepreneur. Uh, he runs a company that that owns the car I've had for three years and was kind of cool when I got it, but now kind of isn't. And he runs this popular social media site that I really like and still use, even though I feel bad about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. His name's Elon Musk. <laughs> I did not and, know he was involved uh, you know, with Cadillacs I'd, and Dinosaurs. I'd love to see him... Uh, oh, yeah. Cat- Cadillacs and Dinosaurs is the second Cataclysm. This is not mm. the Capcom game. This is the Rocket Science Interactive, I believe. That oh, is. boy. It is not a sequel. It is called the second Cataclysm. It's not a sequel to Cadillacs and Dinosaurs from Capcom. It is uh, just a totally different game where, I kid you not, the main gameplay mechanic is shooting road debris. Huh. <laughs> it sounds like sounds Elon Musk's thrilling. better version it's of Cadillac. It's on Sega CD, and, and it was on oh, PC yeah. as well, mm-hmm. CD-ROM. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to see Elon Musk get really into making video games so he can just, like, put all this other stuff yes! to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He can yeah, stop yeah. ruining so electric cars distracted. and social media. And... and I, maybe he'll make a great game. Maybe he won't. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I I'd love for him to get really passionate about this one video game that he's. I'd making. love him to move and, over here for a little while and shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, so that that's my answer. That's a, all right. That's, that's the a most good answer. diplomatic answer in slam yeah. on Elon Musk I've ever. The heard. funny thing though, if you go and look in the credits of that uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs game, they he was an intern mm-hmm. back then. Thanks, uh, and Dad. they credited basic. They basically everyone who wasn't like a main developer on it. They credited as a rocket scientist wow. because it was rocket science games. And he like he runs SpaceX. He's not actually a rocket scientist, I don't think. But I I think no. that's a weird. He doesn't mind pretending. I don't know, foreshadowing of his life. Yeah, maybe he could <laughs> uh, create a game in collaboration with the Babylon Bee, and you win by uh, responding with interesting or I'll look into it to everyone who asks you. <laughs> <laughs> I triggered 20,000 libs and my rocket flew into space. <laughs> uh, and at Darth Ender X says, What's Warren Spector up to these days? He produced a ton of my favorite games ever, like Thief, Deus Ex, Wing Commander, The Best, Ultimas, etc. But I don't think I've heard anything from him since Epic Mickey 2, which was over a decade ago now. Chris, yes. what did you do to him? I didn't do anything to him. I would be doing exactly what he did. Ask me what I would be doing uh, if Disney acquired my studio, hmm. paid me for years, and then shut it down. 
I wouldn't be able to tell you because I wouldn't get any phone reception from that beach yeah. where I'm <laughs> sipping my fucking Mai Tai mm-hmm. and not worrying about video games anymore. Yeah. That's yep. what Warren Spector is doing. I'd become a Warren Spector and bone the fuck out and ghost out and be like, see ya. Bone the fuck out. I heard bone the fuck out. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, my first E3 in 2000, I met Warren Spector, and I, did, I didn't know who he was back then, shamefully. Uh, but what, what was really cool was, like, a year later, you know, I mean, I had met him for five minutes the previous E3, but he totally remembered me. And no, then, like, he was really the sweet about that. year after that, like, I guess the morning, that morning, I hadn't even heard about it. They announced they were producing a uh, Deus Ex movie. Uh that I guess never happened, obviously. So I had to just do this impromptu interview with Warren Spector and uh, Laura Ziskin, who was the producer on Spider-Man, uh, about this Deus Ex movie that I knew nothing about. And uh, and uh, it was cool to have Laura Ziskin give me a, a compliment. Of uh, I asked like a question, so how do you make a movie about it? when the game is completely about like going this one route or multiple routes, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, how do you? make that into a movie and she was very impressed by that and I was like okay I remember <laughs> that when I impressed Warren Spector it was knowing the names of Mickey's nephews do either any of you know the names of Mickey's nephews oh Mickey's nephews no uh, Ferdy and Morty and Michael is correct Mortimer, I would have said it the other way say. around but uh, it is Morty and Ferdy is, right. is Morty based on the fact that he was originally Mortimer Mouse is that uh, yeah, Morty they're gonna recast me Morty <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, and my favorite Warren Spector memory is him leading a group of us around Disneyland with cameramen following him, and multiple children went up to him like, "I love your work." I'm like, "What is she talking?" And I found like, "What is she talking about?" And like, he didn't say this, but like, I am gray bearded, behatted, and mildly Semitic looking. And he's like, they all think I'm Steven Spielberg. And <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what Warren Spector said to me, and he was not wrong. Wow. He had to he had to turn people down. Like I am not Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and, uh, I can't sign your autograph for a person I'm not. Oh, <laughs> Could have just signed it with his own name. Trick the TM says as he clicks over the document, the wrong document. Uh, oh God, why did I take this one? Shig. Shigesato? Shigesato Itoi. Itoi. Uh, it's been 17 years is. since Mother 3, and his presence in any game would be a pleasant return. Wow. I didn't know he'd been absent, but I guess, you know, he, his background was never really in Yeah, he wasn't yeah. A, the, it's the Earthbound guy, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that, that homeboy, th- this was a, a moonlighting thing for him, right? Kind of. Well, he, he just basically walked into Nintendo's offices where he'd been, like, doing some ad work. And he pitched this game, and they're like, okay, do it. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. But he How dare you somehow. give a bunch of people the idea they can do that to Nintendo? Mm. <laughs> it, it always sort of reminded me of the uh, Katamari Damacy guy, right? Like, he's, mm. he's not primarily a games background, just kind of made these cool things and yeah. goes off and does his other thing. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, from the official Laser Time community on Facebook, Kyle Shook. Says, this is a cheat answer because he's apparently back making something, but the last game he released was over a decade ago at this point. Here we go. Now we're going to find out. Chris Baker's question. Uh, Warren Spector. I was Mm. so excited when I saw the trailer for System Shock 3 a few years ago. It was so upsetting to me that he wasn't able to do it. For people that don't know, 
Tencent bought the studio developing it, so System Shock 3 may never come out at this point. Warren, you're on a first-name basis, really, uh, recently started blogging again, and he's a super fascinating dude. His game design ideology is extremely interesting, and I do love his general attitude on game storytelling, which is that it should be a dialogue between the player and the game, a.k.a. endless cutscenes do not ingratiate the player to the game, and I definitely agree with this. I was also dismayed to learn that apparently he was prototyping a Half-Life game back a long time ago. The game that we never got, the Arcane and War Inspector Half-Life spin-off game, shows we are in the worst timeline. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what shows we're in the worst timeline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and, and Matt, he can't call, he's got to call him Warren. If he calls him Spectre, everyone's going to think he's the girl from Twisted Metal. Hmm. He does sound like a secret agent. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. Spe- call me Spectre. Spectre. I guess I'll take Leonardo Chavez. Leonardo Chavez says, uh, this one is impossible, but I would like to have uh, had more time with Satoru Iwata leading Nintendo Mm. Nintendo projects. It feels like his era of Street Pass, Miiverse, Mii characters, music themes for Music Console, and eShop all went away with his passing. Every time I turn on my Switch, it is such a lifeless experience compared to the themes of the 3DS Dude. or fun eShop music that would change with the season. Yeah, I, Dude, I my, agree. My, one of my girl's kid, she just asked, like, uh, do you have a 3DS? And if you haven't heard me on this show, like, the 3DS might be my favorite console, or there's got to be a reason I own seven of them. I own a lot of 3DSs. <laughs> Hmm. And I, I gave her one, and it was just like, here, this is awesome, but it's inactive. This is awesome, but it's inactive. This is awesome, but it's inactive. Shit. Uh, no more eShop. Like, I just, I yeah, I, like, fired up and updated my 3DS this week. And I was trying, like, an old, old man trying to tell her how cool, uh, what was it, Miiverse? What was the, the Mi RPG? Do you remember the Street Pass, and you go in that, take your... Yeah, find me. Find me. Find, that's right. And there's yeah. there's a me- she wanted to play Tamodachi Life because Nintendo hasn't really released a follow up to that since the 3ds mm-hmm. and and the the closest thing was Metopia which I don't even know like it's a Switch game that is that me what shit what was it again Michael find me find me as a single player experience. That is available on Switch and has been for two years. <laughs> but like, mm-hmm. uh, wow. there's all these approximate things on Switch that aren't quite the cool shit that was on 3DS. The Street Pass features were amazing. I miss the 3DS. Mm. Would mm. it be that hard with the NFT and not NFT NFC technology ah, to institute that? Me for a second. I know. <laughs> yeah, God, God forbid when Nintendo gets an NFTs. Jesus Christ, we're all yeah. fucked, and that's all we're aboard on. Uh, did Did you hear about the uh, the the like ridiculously expensive Pokemon Yellow cartridge that sold recently for no. a bunch of money? It got destroyed by customs in transit. Oh, I just heard about that. And so, yeah, the the buyer is out a bunch of money and. Apparently, there were people who were responding to it saying, like, well, if it was an NFT, you know, they could have just transferred yeah. it without in bypass customs. Like, it's a physical object. That's the same thing. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could have just transferred the stake of ownership and let the original owner keep the cartridge but say it belongs to you? What the fuck? There'd be no insurance claim with Delta. Mm-hmm. If, if only we all invested in NFT. Get fucked with that shit. Holy shit. Mm. Good Lord. So, new question of the week. Uh, what is a game with dialogue you actually enjoy listening to? Since everybody is complaining about Forspoken, 
Uh, I thought it might be nice to put a positive spin on this, but, you know, regardless of what you think about Forspoken's dialogue, what's a game that you actually enjoy the dialogue? Um, for me, I think I think there are a bunch of things that are better than this that I could say, but I'm going to say Godfather the Game, because no one else will. Wow. Yes. Because Go it, it, it ping-pongs between, like, it's sort of like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of thing, mm-hmm. where most of the plot takes place behind the scenes of the godfather and it includes a bunch of scenes from the godfather and when those scenes happen there's something almost artificial and wooden about it your character basically goes dormant in the background but then there's the b plot was the guy who made the tape that taped the gun to the toilet yeah (laughs) yeah exactly exactly but then you know the b plot around your character with a bunch of original characters is actually really interesting and has some kind of cute dialogue between uh, you know, the, the, the younger sister of your best friend, whose name is, uh, this girl's name is Frankie. And one of my favorite lines from video games ever is, uh, your character says, uh, Hey, uh, we should, uh, and she's like, no, we really shouldn't, but we will. <laughs> it's like a little musical stinger. It's like, ah, oh, that's, that's neat. Uh, but and then, then you have bits from, uh, James Kahn is in the game. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Tom Hagen. Oh, but oh, the, the other actor. Yeah, Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's new dialogue from them, original dialogue, and uh, you know, but they they kind of try to bust your balls a little bit, and uh, they don't actually use that phrase. It's not that uh, stereotypical of a mafia script, but um, it's it's a fun little game that I think was underappreciated, and I still enjoy. Those cutscenes a bit, but I'm curious, what do you guys think? I, I have one just from a game I recently finished. Sure. If you're first time listener, I hate most dialogue in, in games, most cutscenes in games. It's I think it, I think game I'm gameplay up here, everything else down here. Uh, character should say what they're they care about and what they're doing while I'm playing the game. That's what I, that's where I'm at. Uh, I just finished uh, finally uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and the brevity in the way they speak. Like you know, I've, I've written very little dialogue professionally, but I have, and I just wanted to tip my hat to them because they're like explaining very, very complicated and deep things very quickly, uh, all the time, all the time. And uh, it, it, it's very fast. You are never in a long cutscene involving exposition in that game. And I just wanted to tip my hat to them because I can't now. I can't wait to play Survivor. Mm-hmm. It's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. I'd say if it's literally just hey cutscenes, if someone forced me to watch cutscenes because I'm very much like Chris, like I can only tolerate them a little bit. Um, In-game dialogue counts too. Okay, so if it's just cutscenes, Legacy of Kane games mm. win hands down. You can't beat the likes of Simon Templeman, Michael Bell, Tony J, et, et cetera. But uh, I really love what uh, games have done in recent years of like, hey, while you're driving to a place, we're going to have some good dialogue exchanges between characters. Or <laughs> I love like, the God of War games. I will always interrupt them mid-story. Like They, they make those two long those stories because mm-hmm. i'm always having to interrupt them as i get out of my fucking boat the boat thing um i prefer that and i'd say one of the best in class of those 
is the Last of Us mm. games. I think the Last of Us games do a great job with the banter between yep. Joel and Ellie mm-hmm. of just like having really human moments between the cutscenes of just, you know, stuff they talk about. Jokes. She has the bad joke book. She'll tell them bad jokes throughout the game and stuff. Like, yeah. I could listen to that shit uh, a lot. I, I, I say this to non playable characters. I let you live and you wasted it. <laughs> like <laughs> slash uh mm. I, I love it. I like it's what it's I really hate dialogue scene I hate overly long cutscenes and Last of Us has multiple dialogue moments that have stuck with me yeah. for a yeah. long time. I, yeah. I also don't agree that she wasted it. I think she made very good use of it. Honestly. <laughs> I disagree. Hmm. A bunch of people were murdered for no reason because she mm. didn't let it go. Chris Baker. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, well, you know, I, I'm basically the same age as video games, and there's always a part <laughs> in the back of my head that just thinks it's neat that games can talk. So yeah. I I actually, this is hard for me because I, I, I genuinely listen to all dialogue in all games, even unless it's like... Unless it's, like, a really long RPG and, you know, like, sometimes a Bioware RPG will just have, like, you know, you read the line ahead of it. And I still want to listen because the voice acting is usually pretty good and and that sort of thing. But just in in the spirit of of thinking it's neat that games can talk, the first game I really played that had a lot of uh, voice in it and that really impressed me in that way was uh, Star Wars Rebel Assault. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of two. <laughs> well, <laughs> both feature FMV Rookie One, that, mm, that yeah. uh, pivotal Star Wars character, Rookie One, uh, going through the actions of Luke Skywalker and stealing all of Luke Skywalker's thunder for some reason. I don't know why they didn't just make it Luke. But, um, <laughs> Good question. I think I but, know why. Uh, the, yeah, the, just, uh, I, I guess just at a nostalgic level, I, I enjoy listening to, to that dialogue. Uh, and the kind of very compressed voices and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, the real answer is everything. And also games that I've written and, and have had voiced, is that's always yeah. cool. Mm. Like Stuff I've written has been read by Neil Patrick Harris and Damn. Nolan North and Troy Baker. And, you know, it's, it's, it's that's always cool. That's only Terrence cool. McGovern for me, Launchpad McQuack. That's the only Nice. Only that's first. not bad. That's not bad. Because uh, I'm still like... I know I need to hear these cutscenes, and I always have like uh, earbuds, and I click them. Like even when I'm watching something on an iPad, I click them and stop when people are talking. I'm like, hurry up! I got to get back to this episode of Yellowstone. I'm not really much, <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, like there's not a lot of rewarding cutscenes, and like I just I really like wanted to tip my hat to Fallen Order where like it's the brevity man like it takes like 10 seconds uh, for them to convey like really really deep shit and like canonical shit and and Baker if I'm incorrect like is that where the Inquisitors and the Sisters come from like that's where in that game yeah like that's the first no they come from Star Wars Rebels Hmm. Okay, yeah, that would probably yeah. make sense. and the comics before that uh, but, uh-huh. but it's interesting if you go back and like look at, at comics there are certain comics that they did not define who a character was, and I think it's the it's the ninth sister. Is that the one, the main one in uh, yeah. in Fallen Order? Like she's just in the background of like certain issues of Darth yes. Vader or whatever. Uh, and, and the same with Obi Wan, like one of the sisters, like a year before 
she's actually in the game. You know, they they're they're really gelling in their you know cross media kind of uh, storytelling that they're doing now. Because cool. we were watching Obi Wan when they showed up, and it's like I know the Inquisitors because of Jedi Fallen Order. They kind of explain who they are and what they in like in like two sentences. It's awesome. Brevity, brevity. More the irony of how long you've been going on about the brevity of the Star Wars. Shut time. up. <laughs> <laughs> like, and we shall. Uh, so, what is a game that, with dialogue that you like listening to? Let us know. Go to vidgamapocalypse.com, Answer to the comments for episode five hundred and eight. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook or. Ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Once again, Seabake, tell people where they can find your stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, just go to my Twitter at Seabake76, and there's links and stuff to everything there, pretty much. You know, look up Willow Talk on, uh, <laughs> if you're interested in, in that. I love your YouTube uh, channel. I'm, actually, I'm working on a Star Wars book now, too, Ooh. a Star Wars video game book uh, Ooh. that, uh, I hope is out relatively soon. Um, is it wrong called... part two? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's actually a collection of uh, essays I wrote for Glixel several years ago. Oh, nice. Some new stuff in there too. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be called uh, X Wings, Lightsabers, and Scorpion Vader, celebrating <laughs> 40 years of Star Wars. I understood that reference. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, Chris, what do you got? Uh, nothing. No, okay. nothing on <laughs> Patreon. Patreon.com slash laser time. I'm hungry. All right. Uh, well, as always, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Dad was actually like, why is your friend Chris Antista part of my family plan? I'm like, he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs>